Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. Time for the show, the call-in one. That's right, we want to hear from you, know what's going on in your world. Number to dial is 614-655-3887, or you can jump in the chat. Um, You can go to Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, or YouTube, uh, tell us what you think, share your thoughts, talk to other people in the chat, and uh, listen along. We're glad you're here. Sunday night, time for the street fight. We are the number one anarcho-comedy radio show in any station across the nation. I'm Brad. He's Brian. And we've been doing this for a long time now. And we have a lot of wonderful people listening, calling in, and we've created a community of really interesting, fun, exciting people who really care. So come join, hang with the gang, and uh, start street fighting. How's it going, Brian? It's okay. I'm taking my temperature real quick. Okay. And then... let me let me do it again because it said 188 degrees once and then it said 97.4 the other time so okay so i either have a 188 degree temperature or a 97.4 degree temperature. either one's fine okay i don't know hmm. so um you if you want more content <laughs> from street fight Go to patreon.com slash streetfightradio. That's how this show stays afloat. That's why you don't hear us try to sell you mattresses. We don't try to sell you boxes full of meat or ugly produce. Uh, We are supported by the listeners and by people that like our show. So the way to help out Street Fight is just to go to patreon.com slash streetfightradio. Sign up for a monthly subscription. 98.9 degrees. Love it. Right there. In this good zone. Yeah, in the great zone. That's good. Well, it could be 98.6. Sometimes you just want to see the 98.6, even though you know that's like kind of... It's wrong now? But, well, it's a plus minus thing. It's not like a uh, the well, actual it's like changed since number. They, it's changed yeah. since they created it, too. Yeah. People have gotten hotter. I read about it recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I told you, my wife was like, I got a fever. And I was like, what is it? And she was like, 99.5. And I was like, I don't think that's a fever. No. I think things have changed since we were 11. And right. it was 98.6 degrees. I used to be able to get like a 99 and my parents wouldn't make me go to school. Yeah. That was yeah. tight. That was tight. You get to really convince pull that off. It's been a day. I was, uh, I, I've noticed that the, uh, opinion people online are saying it's time to go back to work. So I was thinking about this, right? Would you, well, I know you wouldn't personally. But can you imagine like having the guts to be a guy that gets paid to have opinions and then come out and say, I think everybody has to go risk themselves to go back to work. (laughs) Like that seems like something like it's something I, if I even had that belief, I would not, I would not say that. Yeah. I just keep that to myself because it's like, I don't go, I don't have to do it. Yeah. You know, come on. If you work for the Federalist and you spend all day sitting in your den, den, like rubbing your chin, don't you don't know when we got to go back to work. You don't fucking have any idea. Your job is fucking sitting around having opinions, much like mine, which is like why I wouldn't do that. Right. You know, right. It's just weird. I wish I would have known about these guys when I was really working for a living, you know? Like, I didn't know, I thought they were all, like, on a higher intelligence tier, you know? Yeah, It's very weird to find out that, like, all the people that you kind of 
they would say something and in your brain you would be like i i i, I don't know i don't I don't really feel like that's true, but then you would defer to, I would defer to them, you know? <laughs> well, you thought this, you thought that people to write opinions and do journalism, they had to, there was like a, a process of making sure that they were good at it. Yes. Or like thorough or thoughtful or any of that. There's just nothing like, uh, what's the word? Like there's, there's, there's not like really a, there's no way to say if people have good opinions. You can't like hire people with good opinions because everybody, nobody's opinions are good. Not a single person has good opinions. Sure. Because they're all based, they're all filtered through your dumb brain. Yeah. And once they get through there, they turn, I mean, once they come out of your mouth, probably a bad opinion. Yeah. That's my guess. I mean, I've had a lot of them. Sure. You know? Who hasn't? Oh, Donald Trump. You know, that whole thing. That whole debacle. I said, oh, this is hilarious. I hope he's a Republican nominee. Yeah. Now he's a goddamn president. And he's fucking going on TV saying the reason that the uh, hospitals don't have enough masks is because the nurses are stealing them. Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hear that. <laughs> it's a new one. That was today. <laughs> okay. Well, He's also bragging about his ratings, which to me is like, that I like. That's a funny one to me because you're the fucking president during a fucking crisis. Your ratings are going to be through the roof. It's not, he was like, I got, I got higher ratings than the bachelorette finale. And it's like, but dude, <laughs> one is more relevant to us. <laughs> He's just such a fucking show business brained guy. Yeah. That like, he doesn't under, yes. We people are tuning in to see you because you're the guy. You're in charge of the thing. You know? Sucks that you are, you know, but you are. That fucking Falwell, that college, they came back and twelve hundred students came back to school. Oh really? And a bunch of them just immediately got it. Like just <laughs> it was just like an immediate fucking outbreak. Really? I didn't see that yeah, one. Yeah, I saw that earlier today. Immediate fucking outbreak. They came back from. Uh, they well, they came, all they just came out from spring break, I guess. Yeah, because they were supposed to come back from spring break last week. Yeah, like yeah. that was a day there was one of the, and they were like, "We're bringing them back. We don't care." You know what no, I mean? But I don't think this is such a big deal. And then they came back and like, boom! And it's just like everybody fucking told you this, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it's so weird, like. The, the the city that it's in, I think in Virginia, was like, please, you know, don't do this. And they were like, but there's nothing we can do to stop them from doing it. And I have a feeling that's what's going to happen to a lot of people with work, too. They're going to fill those big buildings early. And there's not going to be anything anybody can fucking do about it because the company's just going to decide they want them there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's weird. Oh, you're talking Liberty University yeah. owned by Jerry Falwell. Yeah, yes. the Falwell University is what I call it. He wouldn't give it his own name, even though I would. I mean, if I started a university, you know, I'd probably give it, I'd call it Bryan University. Sounds you know. a good idea. I mean, it's yours, you know. It's Jerry Fartwell's. Remember that from uh, uh, People versus Larry Flint? He called him Jerry Fartwell and everybody was like, and I was just like, Oh shit. He did it like in court. Right. He's like uh -huh. sitting in court and he's like, Mr. Fartwell. And I was like, I mean, and he said, I mean, Fallwell. And I was like, Oh man, he fucking called him Mr. Fartwell in court. No. Who did this? 
Larry Flint. Uh, you never saw the People versus Larry Flint? No. So I saw that movie and then told my dad I wanted to be a free speech lawyer. And he was like, oh, there's no money in that. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I don't want to be that pack anymore. It then pack it in. Pack it up. Next job. Next job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of like really funny work from home stories and stuff, though. And I heard like this. Uh, I heard one teacher. Did, uh, this is so tragic. This teacher did a whole YouTube lecture for her students. And her fucking husband was watching WrestleMania in the background uh -huh. on YouTube. And all the audio got cut from the... She did this whole video and all the audio has gone because WrestleMania 32 or whatever was on in the background. And you're not allowed to air that. The, the sound, oh, like the algorithm silenced the whole it. fucking video because yeah. it heard WrestleMania playing in the background. <laughs> Uh, what I, a bummer! <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I I saw. Um, there's a couple companies now that are trying to keep people's uh, keep people's checks. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, I got like, that for Wednesday. I got a few of those where there's one company that said, "Hey, can we like lower their pay if they're getting the stimulus check?" And yeah. it's like, guys, the stimulus check is twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, one time, right. It's not real. Right. Who knows who gets it? I guess I get it. I found out I get it now. Okay. But, I mean, other people don't. They're, like, And nobody knows who, who gets it and who doesn't. Nobody fucking knows. It's going to be like, it shows up in your mailbox type shit, and that's how you'll know you got it. You know? Yeah. And you but won't be able to go to the bank to deposit it. Um, yeah, the, the, the place I saw said they were already calculating how much everyone was going to be getting and then was just going to deduct it from their pay. Which you can't do that. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know how that's possible. These capitalists are showing their asses, dude. Yeah, I mean, it is, um, I mean, I, I, there is a lot of action going on, though. I mean, Instacart strikes tomorrow. Yeah. Um, somebody else, uh, do you think Amazon is going to go on strike? The Amazon in Queens? Because one of their people has it. And they didn't do any precautions yeah and they have people working there still yeah it's weird out there man because it's like nobody has hand sanitizer nobody's getting tested everybody's out of clorox wipes and shit it's like what are we like supposed to do here like what what how is this like what do we even do i don't know what to do it feels like if everybody got tested we'd know who had it and then it would stop spreading because we could separate those people that seems like the most fucking elementary school level of fucking understanding how to fix this. That it's like weird that it's not even a thing that's like being discussed by the government. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck, dude? You know, you can just fucking have people pull up and you can stick that thing up your fucking nose. And then let me know in a couple days and I'll fucking go sleep in the woods or something until it's over. Yeah, we'll you put know? a bunch of beds in the woods. Yeah. Well, that's my, that's what I, I mean, I always said I was, I was just going to walk off into the woods to die. Like, and just fertilize a tree. Uh -huh. You know, that's my hope. But obviously, they, you end up in a hospital bed. Yeah. So, yes. You know, just toss me in the woods. Like, deep in there so nobody has to find me or anything, you know? Uh -huh. Go to Montana, drop me out of a fucking helicopter. It's fine. Okay. 
Like, like you know how like sometimes the buckets will pick people up and drop them when they're fighting a fire. Uh-huh. Just put me in a bucket. Just okay. drop me out. That's cool. Yeah. You know? But uh, I do feel, I still feel pretty good compared to last Sunday. And, uh, you know, obviously you do still go through the weird, I think I have it. I think I don't. But I just think that's life now until this is over. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, Erica is too, too, too freaked out. Can I give some advice? The moment we're around people, she like thinks she, she thinks she knows the second she's going to. Oh yeah. Has have it like, <gasps> Oh my God. It just restricted my airways. You know, I can give some advice though to people, maybe a little bit, you know, uh, try to do something normal like that you would normally do because I've been fairly depressed because everything feels so different. Right. And my calendar every day when I look at it, it says Florida tour on it. Yeah. And it fucking bums me out that we're not in Florida and also that in some month this is going to end and we're going to have 12 dates to make up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, uh, the, like I was bummed that we weren't in Florida, but then, you know, me and Felix got together last week. We, we've been talking a lot. We're going to do a Shocktober this Thursday. So now I'm in the process of gathering Shocktober audio and like, I don't know why, but it has done so much for my brain just to even be like doing a thing that I did before this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because the podcast has to be about the coronavirus, everything has to be about the coronavirus that like doing Shocktober, this thing that doesn't exist in a political world that takes a lot of work and, and time to, to figure out what you're going to do and talk about. Uh, it has felt really good. And if there's something you can do that you used to do that you haven't been doing, you should try it because I, it, it really, it, it's really lifted me up a lot. I mean, it's shitty radio I'm listening. I'm not listening to good stuff. I just spent all day yesterday listening to various Ted Nugent interviews. But it is, it, it's normal. It's like everything feels normalized. And, and like, I, I realized that, like, oh, yeah, like, there are things that I can still do to replace the things that I can't do. Yeah. I, uh, we went on a bike ride today, which was great. Um, but we drove past Antrim Park, and man, that shit needs to get shut down. Too many people. So bad. There was hundreds of people there. Were they social all distancing though? Who cares? If they're all they're sharing the same bench all day long. Hundreds of people are sitting on the same bench. Walking, oh, I guess that's true. Walking the same shorelines, touching the same handrails. I was I as soon as we pulled up, I said to Eric, I was like, we need to get the fuck out of here. This is irresponsible right now. Yeah. Like if we were in Italy, the mayor would be out here with a newspaper beating everybody over the head. I fucking went to. So I had my brother with me on the first leg of my walk today. The first leg. He was he sent me a thing. He was like, God, this is I think the most amount of steps I've ever had in my life. And I did a whole second like leg of the walk. Right. But uh I had him with me and I stopped at a store because I wanted to get kombucha. I wanted to see if they had the booch. Uh-huh. And uh, I showed him how I handle it. I use the employee's hand sanitizer and I go all the way up to my elbow. And then I kick the door open when I walk out of a place. Like my shit touches nothing when I'm inside of a building. It is fucking... I, I think that's going to end up becoming my lasting habits now. 
where it's like, I only want to go. I w- if I have to open a door, I kick it now. I hate door. I like, I've been looking at door handles lately and being like, why do we have door handles? Like, why do we did? It's so crazy that we, we, we did door handles. Like it just feels strange. Now nah, I'm not saying I'm not like a germ phone guy, but you just notice every time you have to touch something now more than you would other times. And so when I get to like a gas station or something like that, and the door has the handle that comes out and you have to open the door this way out towards you, you're like, why do we have door handles? Why do we have to have doorknobs? <laughs> so you want those little foot hook things on everything? I like that. I like that. I do like the foot hook. I, why I use the bathroom at the North Market a lot of times because I have the foot hook. I want to be able to kick a door. You know, if I got to touch something, the bottom of my shoe touching it is probably the best possible situation, you know. But uh, I wanted to give you an update on your 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 favorite coffee place in town, One Line Coffee. Oh, no. They fired one of their employees for saying that coffee wasn't essential and you should still stay at home. How'd you find that out? Um, there is somebody on Instagram right here. They have they sent me the the uh, Instagram story post of the person they are raising money for the one line coffee baristas uh, to import to support the co-workers. But this person is also offering to teach you how to brew one line coffee at home if you want. <laughs> like they'll tell you their system. I don't oh, know if no. I should say that on here, but I don't think they give a fuck. I feel bad being nice to them now. Sorry, everybody. I thought they were uh I thought they did a good job with the situation they were handed. Sure. So I feel bad now. It just you know. They don't have, I mean, really, honestly. You if, didn't say they treat their employees better than oh, yeah, any yeah, other yeah. coffee place in yeah. town. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, really. the first one to have stickers on the ground that you stood on. That, that's what impressed yeah. you. For me, coffee is like, it seems like, and this so favors, like, the big chains and stuff. But, like, it really does feel like if you're going to be open, you got to have a fucking app. And the thing's got to be paid for before you get in there. And then it just needs to be handed to you and you walk out like it. And I know I totally get that that favors a place like Starbucks, but it also feels like it just feels like that's, and it, it it also hurts like people who have to pay in cash. You know what I mean? But like at this point, passing shit back and forth is just like not a good idea, you know? Yeah. Or like signing the screen. Why do we got to sign a fucking screen now? Why are we signing these screens? It's crazy. I don't know why we're doing I did a fucking contactless delivery to- today, and the goddamn guy made me come outside and get it from him. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't t- understand, or? He called me on the phone, and he was like, I'm out back. Come out and get it. And I'm like, what the fuck you doing out back, number one? Yeah. Fucking just put it on the door. I, I noticed... That like I I was doing the dishes and I was like he can just put it on the doorstep. My hands are all fucking dishes wet. Yeah. And he was just standing at my gate waiting for me to walk out and get it. And I was just like, oh my god, Jesus. Yeah. There's no training for any of this, and nope. uh, yeah, there's no. I'm not going to back to one line coffee now though. Okay. Good. They're bad now. Good I mean, Starbucks treats their employees probably pretty bad too. That's true. And there aren't really any coffee places open. I mean, most of them have closed. The person does have a good point that it is not essential to have coffee shops open. It's just a convenience that 
that, you know, I probably shouldn't even have. I just, I like to have a cup of coffee every day. But I could also make that at home. Yeah, I have it at home. hard to make. It is hard to make. It's hard to make as good as they make it at the uh, uh, coffee shop. At, at, at any of the coffees. I mean, even Starbucks coffee is better than mine. You know? Damn. My coffee sucks. Really? <laughs> wrong amounts. Wrong amount of water. I wish somebody would... Somebody's going to message me and be like, this is how you make coffee. Because yeah. I have a French press, but I have to look up the directions every time, and I don't understand French them. French presses suck unless you want French press coffee. I like, like French press coffee. You don't like it because you're saying it's the worst coffee and everybody else is better. They don't use... Unless you order French press at a place that's better, French, places, French press is fucking oily as shit. That's what I like, though. I like the oily French press. But do you order French press when you go to places? <sighs> no. I and, order drip, man. And you and you and you like that enough that it doesn't make I don't see the line. I like it at home. You know what I mean? Like I like to go home and eat what? For, I like to go if I'm making coffee at home, I want it to be fancy. Is what I'm trying to say to you. But when I'm out, I don't care what kind of coffee I get. You know what I mean? I'll fucking drink so McDonald's it's, it's coffee, a, It's dude. a matter... You just want to be buying it from a store. You don't care about the end result of the product. You just want to be doing a transaction. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not the transaction part that I like. It's the get. It's the coffee. It's the not making the coffee that I like. You know? Like, I don't have anything to do with the making of it. Okay. I'll go to fucking White Castle and get coffee. I don't give a shit. Well, their coffee's not bad. But, I mean, I'll just go anywhere and get coffee. I don't care. I'll fucking drink that fucking jacked up blend at the truck stop. You just said that yours is the worst, though. Mine is not very good when I make it because I don't know the measurements at all. You're saying that fucking super Speedway gas station coffee is better than when you can pull off at home. Yeah. Fuck you, suck, dude. Because they don't—they know the—they me- don't have to know the measurements, dude. They have a fucking thing, and they just throw it in another thing, and it makes the coffee. You know, them, been, I don't know the measurements. There, it's not that hard. Or of, the grind. I've had coffee. It's not that hard to make. It's not that there's not that much science behind it, especially if you're low and willing to eat, have fucking McDonald's cap coffee. <laughs> you don't need measurements at all. You just need fucking pre-ground coffee from Walmart. That's true, but you do have to measure it. You have to know how much to put in for how many cups. You know what I'm saying? Sure. That kind of thing. Sure. I have a hard time with. That's either too much or not enough. And I, I just, it's just really hard for me. Okay. My life is you, fucking very hard. Okay. I'm so confused. I want coffee. You no, want, I'm you don't saying want coffee. You want somebody to make it for I you. I guess. Yes. You don't want quality coffee you don't want coffee you just don't want to make it i don't want to make coffee that's the thing you got me right there i don't want to make coffee i don't like it and i spend all day outside walking so going and buying the coffee is really i can't like bring a thermos with coffee in it with me you know it'd get cold by the time it was time to drink it and it's like what am i going to carry another thing yeah i'm already carrying two things I'm carrying all kinds of shit with me. It's a whole thing. I love having somebody make my coffee. It's like the cheapest uh, luxury that you can get. Cheap how? I mean, it's like a fucking dollar eighty-five. Well, now it's like two fifty, but it's just like a luxury that's like, you know, it doesn't take a big bite out of your bank account when you buy a four-dollar coffee. 
it feels like, oh, okay, that's fucking four dollars. You know what I mean? And I made it to that way. Every day, that's a big buy. <laughs> well, that happens during the summer. That's not that four dollar coffee doesn't happen all winter. It's two dollars, and right. then I go cold brew. Okay. And then it becomes four dollars, four fifty, and I shouldn't do that, you know. But uh, I like it. It's my. It's fucking seriously. If I had to pick a luxury, it's probably that. Like it's the small time. It's like a small level luxury, and it's like I worked and I got to the point where I'm at where I can buy a cup of coffee and it doesn't kill my bank account. I can buy a cup of coffee every day and it doesn't kill my bank account. And I sort of feel like this is a reward for me because I got where I got, you know? Hmm. So I'm buying the coffee. I buy the coffee. It feels real nice. All right. But I don't know. I can't think of another luck like video games, right? Like I buy myself a video game. Those are expensive. Yeah. So I got to buy Animal Crossing next week, this Thursday. For who? When we get paid. The fucking kid needs it. Yeah. All of a sudden. I yeah. fucking got in her shit, though. I was like... Uh, Can't miss out on the fad, right? Yeah. You like Tom Nook? And she was like... Because I was like hoping she didn't know who he was. And I was going to be like, motherfucker, you don't know shit about Animal Crossing. But mm. she does. She had it on DS. I totally forgot she did play it. Ah, uh, okay. But she wants Animal Crossing. I don't think she played it on a DS either. I don't think she'll pay play it when we buy it. It's, it's going to be $60 right down the tubes. Because you know I'm not going to play Animal Crossing. Yeah. Katie could probably get in. Well, it's a very specific type. It's just you have to want to collect everything and really get excited for like a new bug or a new fucking piece of fruit or something. Yeah. I mean, I'm playing Tetris only right now. I'm like real. I'm an old man. I'm just like, Tetris. let's play that fucking Tetris. You know, I loved that game growing up. I was in 450 lines yesterday, so I've never been a Tetris guy. I do yeah. like it, but I have I have one game, but I don't play it. You want to hear something sad? Gwen plays Tetris, and I said, "What's your most amount of lines?" And she was like, "What are lines?" And I was like, "You know how when a line disappears, then you get a line. That's a line." And she was like, "Oh, it's like keep score." And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> She's like, I don't know. I never paid attention. And I'm like, you goddamn zoomers. That's great. She just enjoys the ride. Participation trophy ass motherfuckers. She doesn't even have to worry about it. She doesn't. She doesn't care how many she gets. I don't know if she knows the point of the game. You know? Let's get some calls in. I'm feeling ready to take the calls. Okay. Oh, someone's playing Peggle Deluxe. And Peggle's fucking good. Peggle? Yeah. Let me look that up. I'm going to get in there. I didn't know that. Is there a new one or... Peggle. It's just one of the, it's kind of like Arkanoid type thing. Well, not really not Arkanoid. Mm. You'd have to just shoot a ball that bounces around and then it bounces back and it gets Peggle rid of dots. Deluxe. Oh, it's not the new one. So yeah, it is the old ass one from way back. I'm looking it up. It's like 2007. Oh, tight. This game looks cool. Is this a Switch game? No, I don't think so. Maybe is it on Switch? I was. It was only computer for me. But maybe it Man, is. I love games. Listeners, I want to tell you all out there, I love games. Remember, I, I th- do love video games. I thought you said they were a waste of your life. They they were for a period of time, but now I love them. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah, I'm trying to get it? into the new kind, you know? One of these fucking where you're an insurance actuator, you have a real job or something that all the kids are playing now. Oh, those indie There's games? a fucking game 
somebody told me I should play because it simulates having a real job. And I was like, and because I think I may have said I missed like having the structure or something. And I was like, I don't really miss it. I was probably just talking out of my ass at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's probably just sounded nice. <laughs> I did post my four albums that I've been listening to since the quarantine. Uh-huh. And people were like so impressed with me oh. because I never talk about the good stuff I listen to. And it, so it was like Danzig 2, of course. Uh, Joy Division. Uh, I've been listening Hack. so much Joy Division. That's She's Hack. lost control. I like that song, yeah. you know? And White Pony and Corn the Nothing. Why and would you get credit for any of that? Joy Division. That's People didn't think I liked Joy Division, dude. People were like, this motherfucker don't like Joy Division. Oh, okay. You know? And they were impressed that I like Joy Division. That is so basic. She's lost God. control. It's hot topic ass gossip. Is it really? Opinion. Well, yeah. I mean... I mean, the, the shirt. shirt has been ripped off for the last 40 years, and that's because every alt person that thinks they're interested... That's what I was saying. I would totally kill myself. That's I what I was guts. telling somebody. I actually, Somebody was like, I actually agree with 50% of the albums you have on this list, and this is the first time I've ever agreed with you in anything on music. And I was like, I'm going to tell you the fucking truth. It's less interesting to say I like fucking Joy Division than it is to say I like corn. That's true. You know Absolutely. what I mean? 100%. It's just a hundred times more interesting to say that I like Limp Biscuit than it is to say, like, yeah, there's a bunch of Bob Dylan songs that I like. <laughs> right. You know? Everybody likes that shit. Everybody likes Joy Division. You know? Yeah. That's not a hard sell. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's a good music, but it's not fun to talk about at all. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love will tear us apart <laughs> again. You know the reason I like Joy Division is your fault. What? Yup. Brett Payne. Brett Payne got me into Joy Division when we first started hanging out. We're talking 2008. Uh, you fucking told me to watch the movie Control. Oh, yeah. I watched that fucking movie. And then afterwards, I was just like, she's lost control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For months, I, I only listened to them. That's why I like Joy Division now. Oh, wow. Well, your I'm, fault. I'm glad he got that. Now you yell at me for liking it. No, it's hacky, but you made me like it, which is your fault a little bit. You could have just never told me to watch that movie. That's true. I guess I should have. Which I loved. Kept my mouth shut, and then I wouldn't be doing radio with a guy that's saying, Oh, I like Joy Division. I'm not into that pop music. I like Joy Division. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's just what I'm listening to now because I because I tried to I'm listen not, to I'm the Smiths. I tried to listen to the Smiths. I knew you couldn't do that one. And uh, I like the one song that I like, the please, please, please let me get what I want. Yeah. But boy, this guy's whining like crazy. It's like, and oh, yeah. I like guys that moan and whine, but like country music guys that moan and whine, you know? <laughs> this, the, they're, they're really good. Like, I don't know. They're really... Uh, <laughs> They are so miserable. Some of them. <laughs> I know. So, well, I mean, that line makes me so happy when, he, and please, please, please let me get what I want. There is a line where he says, uh, please, please, please let me get what I want. Lord knows it would be the first time. And I'm like, ah, oh, I feel that every time. Yeah, yeah. Every, I always feel that. There's like, please, please, please let me get what I want. Yeah, I never do. Right? Lord knows it would be. Well, and that's him, right? Like Morrissey is singing that when he got what he wanted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want this fucking job. I get the job. But for some reason, I identify with the idea 
of like, please, please, please. Like, I just like the whining of it, yeah. you know? I thought that I thought Smith might be a good matchup, though, because Morrissey is, like, a racist. And yeah. then you like the freedom that racism, like, bestows you're upon true. You're right. artists. That's all of my fucking favorite country artists are. They have, they have bad politics. Let's yes. put it that way. If they have good politics, I'm, 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 like, a little bit, like, hmm. I don't know if this guy's real. Yeah, you know, this know. guy this seems is, like a city slicker. He's just trying to get along with everybody. He's not a real renegade. <laughs> yeah, this guy's never been pulled off stage for open carrying during his concert. Mm. <laughs> um, you're, uh, oh no, I might have just lost the chat, the uh, calls. How? I don't know. My computer is uh, fucked up right now. Majorly fucked up in a way I haven't seen before. Okay. Uh, can I'm I log in? Uh, yeah. Callinstudio.com. You're going to have to send me the friggin' info oh, over on, here. Come on. Shit. Your other guy, well, your other, your new guy, also Peter Steele, he was in a band before Typo Negative that was real bad. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, trust me. Real, real bad. Um, I, I have, uh, I don't listen to. I'm, I'm listening to more Danzig than Typo Negative now. You just you know? like this. You just like the one. Van, what's the song? I like the whole album. Trick or treat. I do. That song fucking goes, dude. That song is so good. Um and but like I, I just like back. Danzig too. I just think Danzig too is like the best That's album. That's the one ever. Okay. Yeah. All right, you ready to take calls? Let Let's fucking get this. these people on the phone. They need to talk. You know what I'm saying? Hey, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, you're talking to Nick from Brooklyn. Hey, Nick, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Um, uh, hold on just a second. Oh, it's okay, because we can barely right. hear you. So we got to get volume <laughs> up as much as possible. All right. Uh, is this any better here? Yeah, I, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's good for you. Yeah, you're good. If you're good, uh, the listeners can hear you. It's it's a fucking short in my headphones. All right, I see what's going on. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, I called right away because I felt really compelled to talk about something that I saw out here in Crown Heights this weekend. What'd you see? So um, so I was taking a walk with some friends that like live in my building, and you know we're all in the same biome, so we're not too social distance from each other like that. Yeah. And we were, we were heading back from Prospect Park, which is too far, which, by the way, was... Fucking lost him. What happened? Um, you lost me? No, we didn't. We're, uh, we're, ha we're here. We're here. I'm sorry. We didn't lose you. It's all good. Our, our, we, we have a short. Okay, go ahead. And, all right, so you're walking back from Prospect Park. Right, right. And uh, so my neighborhood, it's like, it's got a pretty clear dividing line on this road, Eastern Parkway, where, you know, it's just kind of like a working class black neighborhood. And then the other side is like very, very devout Hasidic Jews, right? Yeah. And they've, they've mostly been organized, like, like completely disregarding all the new social protocol and stuff and like whatever. And there's a lot of weird resentment about it. But anyway, uh, last Friday was the Sabbath and there's this big temple there where the whole community tended to congregate for that. And they, they, they go there to pray and do whatever, you know? Yeah. And uh, anyway, so they were doing that as we were walking back. And we see, like, three cop cars pull up and try to get them to, se like, to, separate, to separate. And, uh, you know, they're, like, blasting their sirens and doing whatever. 
And their reaction is to start like praying, like enchanting like harder and more fervently and louder. So I sat, we sat there for like a solid like 20 minutes checking them out. Like more cop cars show up and then a couple start to pull up and then a couple ambulances come. And it's like this whole like thing and like everybody in the neighborhood's coming out to like come like see what's going on. And like it seems like there's about to be like a riot going on. And I don't know, like, so eventually what happened was like, the cops started threatening them and like blasting shit over their loudspeakers and every, they, they just kept ignoring and kept praying. And it was like, I, I felt like I was just kind of seeing this weird little skirmish, which is why it stuck in my head where it was like, this is like a little battle between like the state and religion and like, who's going to win right now? I you know, that was why it, it is weird. Cause you start thinking like, we always think that religion is like winning a lot of times because you know, they get every single kind of, uh, they get every single advantage and protection protection. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I do agree that like, it is weird watching the state versus religion right now. I, Cause you're seeing yeah. it a lot. You're like just the Falwell thing is one of them, but you are seeing a lot of times Tom from Trobelly's posted from their newspaper about somebody saying we need to get back to what's right and get with God and that's the only protection and if there's no cure for corona then we just need God's love right now more than anything more than we need to stay away from each other so yeah it's definitely a challenge yeah 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 I mean I, like I wonder if that's the attitude they have over there and then but eventually like they won out like the cops started to disperse I mean I think because some of them got pulled away because like a huge ATV gig you know drove by being all loud and shit. So a couple of them just went to go chase back. So I think that's what cops around here like to do for fun. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so like it was, it was a victory for religion circle. than that one. At least the way I saw it, like they were able to finish their ceremony and kind of disperse of their own accord. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is a big problem. I don't know how what we can do to rein them in. There's really nothing, and they're also convinced in their mind that they are the most that they know the truth about the world. And the, it's like they're conspiracy theorists on a thousand times percent more ego, you know? Right. Right. And it's, it's bringing up a lot of resentment in my neighborhood, too, I'm noticing, too. Because when I, when I was talking to other people on the street, just kind of gabbing about this, you know, I've, I've been hearing, like, some kind of, like, foul shit, you know? Like, from things like, sure. oh, those goddamn disgusting people to, like, oh, well, the cops couldn't do anything because, like, you know, the Jews gave them all their money, so... Yeah, it's like it's breeding a weird resentment, and like the air in Brooklyn is general in general is just fucking strange. Like everyone's trying to act like they don't care, but at the same time, it's all anyone's talking about. So, yeah, I've walked through some of those parks before. It's a it's um it's a definitely a diverse area with a lot of different uh, communities coming to get or like you know bumping up against each other. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't the the religion stuff definitely has to be stopped. I don't know unless that makes them happier. I don't it makes them feel like they're you know on the right path because they're being told not to 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 practice. Who knows? Yeah, I mean right. that is also hard to do. That's hard to know though, isn't it? Like at what point are, are we we have to like? I, I guess there is a point where we have to kind of let people do what they do. You know. It's, I mean, it's still are. but but if they're if they're a danger then yeah like cut the fucking shit religious people god is not going to protect you that's good you're going to get the fucking thing and then you're going to die it, ugh. 
There's a pastor in Virginia yeah, that I mean, said it was all like, fake. Well, especially because in Brooklyn, like flattening the curve is like it's the that's the only move at this point. You know, like like the hospitals are already freaking out. I I work as a freelance carpenter, so you know I've been keeping my eye out for any kind of work. And like the city's actually been trying to contract people like to do this job where they'll send you like the basic supplies and they're like having freelancers make like hospital gowns and paper masks and things. Yeah. So the, like, it's just, it's kind of like, it's frustrating the fact that like, you know, what's going to kill people is there's not going to be enough room for them. And these people aren't like, you know, they're, they're completely disregarding that in the name of their faith, which is like, it's just a little crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, for me, I'd never know what to do. When it comes to when it comes to religion, especially because like I've always been kind of I was I, I you know, obviously for a big portion of my life, I was a pretty hardcore atheist. It's it's exactly why I got kicked out of uh, rehab. But now it's one of those like go along to get along things with me where it's like, you know what? This person thinks that if they don't do this, they're going to burn in hell for the rest of their life and it causes them anxiety. <laughs> so I guess I got to let them do it, you know, and not get overly mad about it. But uh, it's it's very. um, it, But like now at this point their actions are affecting me, you know? And if Trump yeah. opens everything up, these fucking people are going to go to church. They're going to fucking fill churches on Easter. He has said, yeah, no that, doubt. and that shit is going to be devastating, fucking well, devastating. But here's the thing about all of this. This is not this pan, This reaction to this is not a matter of, we need to police everybody. It's that those of us that are smart enough, and those of us that don't believe that we know the will of God and that we're a part of that, we're able to quarantine and limit contact and do the right thing. The other fuckers, we're stuck with them. We've always been stuck with the dumb fucks that want to control us because they are religious or whatever the fuck it is, or they're going to do what they want. Right. So we, we have to, we are doing the heavy lifting while the morons get to run around and say it's all fake or that, um, you know, God's love will cure it as they're fucking dying. They can say that from behind a respirator mask. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you're right, Brett. I mean, I, I feel the same way. Uh, it's like, I guess we yeah, have I mean, to I don't stay know. home. Like, I mean, there's there's already a confirmed case in my building, too. So I'm, I'm oh, kind of no. at this, like, nihilistic point where I'm just like, well, you know, so it's only a matter of when now. Yeah. My, uh, I, uh, so, pick somebody so that's, up. that's just like, now it's like personally affecting me though. You know, if the hospitals are overfilled when I, like, if I, you know, God forbid, I need some sort of like medical assistance to get through that shit, then like. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it, it's a tough circumstance. It's very frustrating um, as we get further and further into this. And I mean, the news that's coming in is just absolutely devastating. You're seeing all the 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 uh, the way the system's getting overwhelmed. You're seeing all of, you know, the, the high profile people that are sick or have lost their life from it. And uh, I, I think that it's going to be hard to find a place. You're going to have to find a place to put that frustration besides trying to control people that are never going to listen to you, you know? Right. We, we, we already know that. I mean, the thing is you, we, they have this power anyway, you know, like in everyday life that they just, I, I, I'll say this. I had this conversation with my mom yesterday where she said that like, she knows people that are, you know, uh, um, think they keep thinking they have it or they're going to get it and they're not very healthy. And, and I just said, you all we can do for those people at this point 
like conservative type. She's talking about conservative type people that she knows. And I was like, all we can do for those people at this point is hope that they're smart enough to not believe that everything's okay. You know what I mean? And if they aren't, then we're just going to have to deal with whatever they're, we're always going to be cleaning up after them. We're always going to be dealing with their fucking mess. And don't convince yourself that every Trumper or conservative or Republican is, is, is like this or every religious person. I mean, the people in my life that are the most strong conservative voices, they are taking 100% serious and they're not doing any of the bullshit. Right. They're not out there spreading anything. Uh, so you can't throw the, you can't just, you can't get too doomy about it and think that everybody's just going out. All the conservative people in the country don't give a shit and they're going to go spread it to each other, you know? Yeah, but there are a yeah, lot. Yeah, I mean, like, there's those people who, like, want to, like, own the libs or whatever, but, you know, a lot of the conservatives I know, like, they're the ones who already had, like, a three-month supply of beans <laughs> ready to go, you know? They got a Jim it's Baker. Like, like here, here what I'm worried about is the fact that no one really takes that shit seriously because, like, like, my side of this, this area is, you know, it's pretty working class and everyone here lives basically paycheck to paycheck and it's getting to that point already where everyone's paychecks kind of starting to run out, you know, like a lot of people I know have like credit lines at the deli and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So like that, like, you know, that's my real anxiety. Like, yeah, I'm going to get sick and it's going to suck, but like no one really old lives in that building. So I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm really just worried. Like everyone's out of work, dude. People are going to start acting stupid to get by. Yeah. 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 That's part of it. Definitely. For sure. Um, but I mean, as long as you are with, as long as you live in a building with the criminals, you should be fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, my weed dealer lives downstairs. But okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I mean, that the economic part is a much is going to be a very big, uh, big issue. Um, but you know, as far as as far as handling the large groups of people, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I I don't know if uh, if you know churches are going to be the 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 people that walk right into this and reignite it. But um, I definitely thank definitely appreciate you calling in. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Thanks. Yeah, have hey, a good thank one. Thank you. Have a good night. Yeah, uh, there's a. Thanks, yeah. It's a. I don't know. That's such a. I don't. I'm. I don't know. Uh, I. I really don't know where. I, we don't have that, you know. Here, I don't think. What are there? We don't have. I don't know. There's what churches. I wonder. Are the they're all shut down, right? You yes. don't want to do them. No, I, I think the churches are shut down. I just Trump had said that thing where he was like, I, right, I we got to open it back up on Easter so everybody can uh, so we can see the beautiful full churches on Easter. Right. And it's like, yeah, that's they're sh that's the that. date they're shooting for. That. And that day oh, ain't going to You know happen. what? That big church with the big stone Jesus, they're still doing stuff, too. Touchdown, oh. touchdown, Jesus, right? Yeah, the one in Ohio? Yes, yes. Of course they are. There's a few of them. Yeah. Oh, wait, let's see who's on the line. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hi, this is Jonathan. How's hey. it going, Jonathan? Hey, Jonathan, what's up? Good, good. Uh, first of all, real quick, Danzig 2 is a masterpiece. Okay. Greatest, greatest dancing, isn't it? <laughs> See, it just fucking every second of that song. Now we're doing album. something more interesting than Joy Division. Yeah, Snake of Christ. It's <laughs> 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 just, just an album by an album by a a short goth man that starts out with sold into slavery down in New Orleans. You're like, oh man, maybe some topics you don't cover. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. But yeah. He, he, was really, he was really channeling something on that. The blues. It was the blues. The guy said fucking yeah, knows yeah, yeah. what the blues are like. You can't yeah, he's yell had at the him blues. for it. He's definitely yeah. had the blues. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's going on tonight? Oh, nothing. I, uh, I'm just sitting here at home in quarantine. I, uh, I've been here for about two weeks, I guess. Nice. And, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a teacher, so I've been broadcasting all of my lectures. And so I guess I'm a streamer now. Don't nice. put professional in wrestling on in the background. Did, did you ever, um, do you now say please like, and subscribe on accident sometimes? No, because we don't do that, and we're supposed a, a, a student to. We made that joke in the in the in the chat, and everybody thought it was great. That's awesome. My daughter. It was so funny when the first time we turned the camera on my daughter, she said, "Please like and subscribe." And I was like, "What the what? Nobody told you that." <laughs> <laughs> what what grade do you teach? That's what I like. So we've been. I have a seven year old that's in first grade. She's in a K and one blended first grade class. So our stuff, I feel, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty easy stuff. The lessons are, you know, reading and basic math. I'm not overwhelmed. Um, I couldn't imagine trying to keep like an algebra class, like a high school algebra going or any of like, I was wondering, oh. I was thinking about Gwen earlier today and like, how do you do a high school class schedule from home? That's I'm trying to fucking impossible. So what they're doing in her high school, at least, is that they have to spend three hours a day working on school. Okay. That's the fucking, that's, I, that's, that's how fair. it works. Yeah. They, so they don't have to get up early or anything. They just have to do three hours worth of work throughout the day, which is like, that's the fucking perfect way to do college. That's how I did online. I mean, school. That's how I did online college. You know, those online courses, I would just get on when I wanted to. Ours is the same. They pretty much told us, um, they've told us like an hour is, it's fine. 45 minutes to an hour a day is okay. Uh, and you know, there, I was really impressed before, sorry, caller, before we get back to your sitch, I was really impressed sure. because we have a parenting street fight group on Facebook and Somebody posted how they were feeling like really inadequate and how like all of these families and parents were were sharing all of these like science projects and English homework. And they were doing all these amazing things. They're going to like online classes with like Mo Willems, the guy that drives the pigeon, wrote the pigeon books and all of this. And then a bunch of Street Fight people were like, no, fuck that. Those people are just showing off for the Internet. <laughs> fuck, do what do what makes sense <laughs> and what makes you feel all right. And that was like made me feel so good that I didn't have to go in there and say, don't worry about Instagram moms that are fucking doing the most right now to show how good they are. Like, <laughs> I don't I'm not a teacher. I don't want to teach my daughter shit. I send her to a fucking place to do that. So you're going to get 30 minutes out of me. I'm going to show you how to do math the old school way. And then, <laughs> then we're done. That's the that's the learning that you get from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I teach at a four-year university. Oh, I'm gosh. A four -year university. Damn. So damn, They told us they were shutting down campus, and they said, okay, we're going to restart everything in three days, and it's going to be all online. What? So are you so that just happened just about uh, two weeks ago. I'm, I did hear somebody. So you worked for Phoenix now. You work for Phoenix University, essentially. <laughs> 
I was listening or to something. I was listening to something where they were talking about the the teachers that are teaching their sort of first online courses and the students aren't yeah. like answering like none of them participate. It's hard to get students in college to participate when you're in the building, but when you're on a fucking phone, impossible. And yeah. uh that um, like a lot of times the teachers think they're like she somebody said that their teachers are often saying stuff like uh just so i know i'm not speaking into the void can somebody say something yeah <laughs> honestly i have not had that problem really there's people people coming up with questions in the chat a lot yeah um i think partly because the situation is is that they're stuck at home with nothing else to do well, yeah, I think the and chat. So, uh, the they, chat they're is, actually they're actually involved in it a little more because it's something external. You, you know what I mean? They don't have a party or nothing to go to. They don't have anything like that they could be doing that's right. better, and they can be high. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so you but now uh, do they have the chance to talk? Like, are you doing like a Zoom, like a big room full of people, or is it just the chat that's jumping? Oh, so uh, so I'm I'm doing I'm doing a Zoom broadcast. Okay. So everybody everybody logs into that. Got it. And then uh, it actually actually helps, of, of course, when you have that many people in a in a in a Zoom meeting. That if everybody everybody just stays on mute, and then I just take questions mostly in the chat. If anybody needs to bring anything up and okay. needs to do it now, they they might jump in with voice. But most mostly it mostly it all stays together, stays on track. That's awesome. That's good to hear. That's great. Yeah. So it's it's going pretty well for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For my for now, for my part, it's going pretty well because I actually uh, managed a lot of my courses using the online course management system already. So all <laughs> I had to do was modify the way that I lecture. Yeah, I know where this is going. And so, so the other it, teachers, it wasn't a big transition for me. What about what about but your other I, teachers? I, I did want to say, sorry. What about the other teachers that didn't like that newfangled system? So I have uh, actually made myself available as something of a consultant within oh. our department as somebody who can help uh, help them develop their courses along these lines. God damn it, you sweetheart. We need to stop picking up the slack <laughs> for these people that don't want to do it themselves. Well, it's, it's, it's okay. Everybody's, everybody's going through their own thing, you know? So. Absolutely. We just have You're to, just have to try and manage together. Jeez. Me and Brett too mean. You're too sweet. Made of sugar. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I did want to say while I was on the phone that, you know, there's a, a situation going on in a lot of big cities where like uh, elementary and middle and high school students are losing access to food and other kinds of vital services. You've been seeing these stories? Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. We did... In Columbus, so in Columbus uh, public schools, all all breakfast and all lunch is free, and they stepped in with us. They stepped in with a plan about three or four days after we went on quarantine. They're they're serving they're serving breakfast and lunch every day now. Yeah, so that's that's really great, but I think there's a huge unacknowledged issue out there mm -hmm. that a lot of college age students are dependent on the services that their yeah. campus provides. True. And they are now cut off from those services. Yes, absolutely. For, 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 yeah, for, for example, my campus had a food pantry for students who are, who are insecure, who are, who are food insecure. 
you know, they have counseling resources. They have all these, all these things that are actually quite important to students' lives, and they have all been cut out of those. Yeah, that it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a side effect that uh, is going ignored uh, at, right now. I don't know where people, yeah, yeah. where the where they're going, but we have had several students that all of a sudden don't have a place to live and and can't don't have a like a a stable home to go back to, you know. Right. Right. You know, it's it's nice that they're kind of, you know, prorating your, your rent on the dorm for the rest of the semester. But if you don't have anywhere to go, you know. Yeah, the, the nowhere to go. you're an international student, you're from out of state, something like that. Yeah, that's wild to me. The, uh, the, pe- the kids that, yeah, you're right. Like somebody that's even in, at Ohio State, there's a lot of people from like Japan and China that go to school there. And it's like, where the fuck are they supposed to go if they can't stay in the <laughs> right. dorm? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, what the fuck and are you supposed given, to do? Yeah, and given given the kind of increasingly racist uh, environment that they're living in, I mean, it's uh, it's it's making life really difficult, and they need uh, they need resources in the same way that uh, younger students do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, there's it's hard because uh, it, it, we we just. All we do is we tell students, oh, just get by, just make it happen. It's just pick yourself up by your bootstraps. We don't, and the people in charge don't have to acknowledge what that means for the folks that have to find a way to make things work and the resources that they rely on for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. Sure thing. Yeah, I'm glad things are going well. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, have a good one. Call back. Good night. Yeah, I um, the the racism I, thing is that the, 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 like that's one of those things that to me is like, how come every time something bad happens, we re- resort right to racism? It's yeah, just it's a natural mode. I mean, we I, we're a racist society. You know, that's true. I don't know if it's natural, but we are. We yeah, do not, live in a racist world. You know. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I should, I should just say that. Yeah, I mean that's just the history of how we got here and uh, lots of people still hold those opinions. It's sad though. It's sad to think like that you would blame like a regular ass, just person, just a regular ass person that lives over here. Right. That like, isn't has nothing to do. You would blame that. Well, it was like, remember during when they did internment camps, I remember reading that, uh, in, in, during world war two, they made people denounce like the emperor of Japan and shit. Like they made them publicly say that. And it's like, I live in fucking California. Why do I care about who's (laughs) running Japan or, you know, China? Like why there's no connection there, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're here. (laughs) They're one of us, right? Yeah, I, I always have felt like, like, um, one of us just meaning that, like, a person that that is in my neighborhood that can make make food for me that I pick up, like, part of my community around here. They live in my neck of the woods, you know. Yes, for sure, for sure. Like, I've I've never, I don't know, man. It's weird because like, nine eleven happened, and I did resort to that knee jerk. Oh, really? Kind of. Well, not like super racism. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, but I wasn't just... like, let's go fucking bomb a mosque. <laughs> I wasn't like that guy. But I was like, I did sort of, uh, um, why are they like this? Yeah. Sort of shit. You yeah, know what Muslim I mean? religion is bad. 
That <coughs> Sam. Yeah. What's that dude's name? I don't know. Sam, some Sam that talks about it that sucks. I forgot his name. Sam the guy? Sam the guy. That's his name. Sam the guy. Sam who? Sam, he does a podcast and he's like uh, low-key xenophobic. Oh, the fucking... People th- Sam, Sam Harris. Harris yeah. People think that he's... Regular people think he's amazing oh, and all I he does is give guy. them an answer to like why they can dislike Muslims. I know an extremely smart person who likes that guy and it right. bums me out, right. man. All right, next call. Next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who the fuck are we talking to tonight? I like that new version. Hey, it's talking to Joey. Hey, Joey, Joey, how's it going? How's it going tonight? Good. Uh, I live in Louisiana, um, and I just wanted to talk about my job for a minute. I, uh, I'm still working right now. Uh, I work at a drive through daiquiri shop. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, oh, okay. Man. Is this well, going to be really bad news? I mean, drive through is a plus. Um, alcohol isn't necessary. I think it's more essential oh, than yeah. coffee. Sounds sounds real fucking essential, right? <laughs> like, well, it does I, uh, feel essential. The alcohol almost does sort of feel essential right now, you know. Well, DTs are real. Yeah, and like we got to do something. But it's I getting crazy. But I do understand not wanting to do it, you know. Yeah, no. So it basically fits into like a loophole. Uh, yeah, it, it, it fits in a, a loophole because of the drive-thru. And I, and I understand why drive-thru restaurants are open because you close down restaurants, people are going to fucking rush the grocery stores and right. shit. I feel like if you close down the daiquiri shops, people will just pick up alcohol He's when right. they're yeah. grocery shopping. He, he is right in that, yeah, like, we don't need daiquiri shops no, open. No. Like, we could, you can go to the liquor store and get your liquor. You don't need a fucking... Daiquiri. daiquiri. I need a daiquiri right now. Is anybody even coming to get the daiquiris? Oh, it is insanely busy right oh, no. now. Uh, no one here is taking this seriously at all. Where's uh, it at? It's, Again? It's Louisiana. Literally, ah. Normally, at, after Mardi Gras, we normally slow down for Lent because it's like a very Catholic area, and it has not slowed down since Mardi Gras. It's been fucking banging because all the other bars are closed. So what's the, what are you slinging? Like, um, do they come in those weird, like curvy plastic glasses that change color and shit? Or do you just do it? Is it double cup styrofoam? <laughs> it's just styrofoam. It's, uh, it's just a million different frozen drinks. It's like, if you had like a frozen margarita, it's like that, but every different flavor you can imagine with yeah. different layers and alcohols. Yeah, we've been. I just didn't know how you were serving them. So, and that's all you have, really. There's no food at all? Yeah. No, no food. There's nothing necessary about it. We're just serving people just frozen sugar and alcohol. It, and well, uh, me, we haven't closed down. We got some people uh, in the chat that my, have never heard of this concept. They have no idea that drive through liquor was a thing. How much are people paying? Like, what's the, what's the price range on the stuff that you sell at your place? Just for folks that are just now finding out about drive through daiquiris. Oh, it's it's dirt cheap, honestly, man. Like, uh, so it's between uh, four dollars and eight fifty, uh, depending on the size, going from sixteen ounce to forty four ounce. Forty four ounce daiquiri for eight fifty. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they got all the good flavors too, right? Yeah, and you can get one with made with fucking Everclear and <laughs> just uh put yourself out for the day. What 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 are your most popular flavors you think? 
Um, mango. Shit, man. I say mango. Uh, just to guess. Mango's we, hot. We definitely, we have some mango. We saw a lot of strawberries. Strawberries, real popular. But uh, we also, we make them from scratch in a blender. So we throw, we, we get real creative. There's all kinds of weird flavors. We have one called the liquid marijuana that we saw a lot of. <laughs> I would that. buy that one. What is in it? Yeah, is there like popular. CBD or anything in it? No, no. There's nothing in it but liquor and like syrup and ice. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, weird. It's very, the whole yeah. thing is very, uh, I got to say, the fact that Bourbon Street is popping off is is disconcerting, to say the least. Oh, it is. It's, it's, no one here is taking it seriously. We, Louisiana is uh, third overall in per capita cases and number one in per capita deaths. And, like, we're still, everybody's still partying. Like, Oh, guys, <laughs> cut the malarkey oh, out yeah, I know. there. Are you, uh, also like... My, my, my boss just gave us, like, a bump. Uh, he gave us, like, a... It's not, like, hazard pay, like, ha uh, like time and a half or double time. He's giving us a $1 bump, and it's just from now going forward, even though we've been in a state of emergency for weeks, he's like... Okay, guys, we're going to give you $1 per hour more going forward. And then, like, I got an email today. It's like, we have other shops that are, like, need people to help. And if you go to the other shops, we'll give you another dollar. Wow. And honestly, the, in the incentives are fucked up because yeah. I know at some point the other shoe is going to drop and our places are going to close down. And, like, in my head, I'm like, maybe I should go try and get as many hours as I can. You know? Yeah, we need to get you one. We need to send you an N95 mask or something. If we can get a hold of one, <laughs> so you can get those daiquiris to those to those idiots that want to die. Yeah, it, it's like I feel so bad because, like, you know, if you pay with like a credit card or whatever, you get like a clipboard with your receipt on it, so you can sign it and leave a tip. And that clipboard is not getting fucking sanitized. Wiped down. You're getting like three days worth of people's germs. On that fucking wooden clipboard, everybody touches it. Do you um? You wearing gloves or anything while you do this? Uh, we're yeah, we have we have gloves available and we have hand sanitizer, soap and water, all that stuff. Uh, but like the volume is so fucking crazy because it's been so busy that like I don't think everybody's been keeping up with it as much as they should. I think sure. it's like really socially irresponsible for us to be open. I mean, like yeah. if, if we wash our hands or sanitize in between every customer, our fucking hands would be dry and cracking. Like, yeah, it's, we deal with like hundreds of customers every day. Dude, I, tr I had to do food, not bombs this weekend. And it was just a fucking nightmare trying to get people to understand that we can't all rush this thing. It was so hard to organize it, organize a safe and effective way to do this. So I, I'm working on it and this week. I have a better idea, but um, I, I mean, I think in the, in the moment, a lot of people are forgetting about all of that stuff. I still have people trying to shake my hand. So, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and so does everybody, I have to like enforce fucking elbow bumps, but yeah, we're in such a confined space that like, I cannot be, you know, 10 feet away from my coworkers, my whole shift, you know, like I, as soon as one person at the shop gets it, everybody at the shop's going to have it, and they're all going to fucking give it to the customers. So, like, if we're not having symptoms, but we have it, it's fucked. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, that, that, is, that is an absolute 
<clears throat> there's nothing you can really do. Like, you have to go to work. If they're open, there's nothing else you can really do, right? Like, no, and it's, they'll just it's, get it's somebody else to do it. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> if they would, like, close and let everybody off, I would get, like, a raise, you know, with, like, the new uh, unemployment bill that passed or whatever, with, like, the 600 bucks extra. That would be more than I'm making a week anyway. So, yes. like, I've been trying to lobby the owner of the place to shut it down voluntarily, and he is uh, not into that shit. <laughs> Jeez, I, I feel for you. I hope I, I hopefully he uh, sees the light. I guess, but bosses are yeah. idiots. So, no, he, not he the wants most to make fucking money. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks well, for calling in. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to plug? Any Twitters or podcasts or anything like that? Oh, uh, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at agitpropcomic. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm starting, I, I do stand-up comedy, and I'm starting an Etsy. Since I can't do any stand-up, I'm selling, like, the, the buttons that I make for merch, which is Etsy slash agitpropcomic. So okay. That's nice. Just to help me out. Nice. Oh, I just found your Twitter. You said the Mango Rita is the best Bud Light Rita, and I absolutely agree. Yeah, right now I'm I'm literally actually drinking the uh, Natty Light Seltzer. Uh-huh. Uh So I finished the I finished the Aloha Beaches. That okay. one was pretty good. That's a, a mango and peach. And then now I'm drinking the Catalina Lime Mixer, oh. which is a cherry and lime. Wow, what a fucking connoisseur of daiquiris you are. Really important, <laughs> really important source in my life. We like our flavored liquors here in Louisiana. <laughs> Got to make it taste good. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. For sure, man. Thanks. They sounded like uh, kind of like uh, old eminent prof. Yeah. From well, the same area. Yeah, probably. But the Louisiana accent is obviously people do a jokingly like French thing. And uh, it's so funny now to hear the, the 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 similarities amongst regulars there, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Real people I know versus just you know calling everything Lafayette. <laughs> uh, all right, you ready for the next call? Yep. See who's on the line. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Yo, yo, what's up, guys? It's Bobby in Seattle. Howdy. What's up, Bobby? How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, not bartending because uh, it's Seattle and like everything is shut down, like the museum. So I am, I guess, working on my other hobbies right now. Weed? No I'm kidding. <laughs> what are you up to? Well, I don't know. Just kind of, like, I guess, trying to figure out what I like. Uh, this is a good time to kind of like reevaluate everything, and I'm getting paid for it, so. I figure why not? Yeah, for sure. I was, um, oh, this is okay. This is why I called, right? So I, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, Brian was talking about, um, doing something about churches, um, or yeah, he's talking about doing something about churches, like some kind of podcast or Patreon thing. Yeah. Holy boys. Holy boys. Okay. So get, so real quick, my family owns a, well, my family, but my aunt and uncle have their own church back in Louisville, Kentucky. Ooh. And 
Yeah. And so I was raised like my dad's Catholic. My mom uh, was like Pentecostal Baptist, you know, like black people clapping tambourines, you know, like the fun kind of church, but it lasts yeah. all day. And my <laughs> aunt and uncle saw how much money they're bringing in and decided to branch off when I was in like middle school and create their own church, which is crazy popular. And it's in a, uh, like a, it's, it's in the West end of Louisville. So it's in like the black neighborhood and they have like two different sermons every Sunday. I mean, they make, I know so, I mean, there's so much stuff I know. I mean, it's so greedy and just the way it all works. It's awful. And I was just like, I had to tell you about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I love, I have to say initially, I love this because like you can try to be the best. You could try to compete with Benny Hinn or you could try to compete with like Jim Baker or something, but you could also create a little bit of buzz in your own neighborhood and easily probably get a six figure income that makes you comfortable as fuck and not have to be all over the TV and shit. You don't have to be the best to make the most money, to make money, you know? Absolutely. Like they, they do this so easily. I mean, my uncle, um, like my, like my uncle was never a preacher. He, I mean, of course he didn't even like going to church when, when I was like forced to go to church. He didn't even sure. like going until all of a sudden he became this pastor. I mean, he's the only pastor that I know that has a retirement plan that says that he doesn't <laughs> want to be preaching within the next 10 years. I mean, they've already got their uh, really nice house uh, uh, over in Southern Indiana that they don't have to pay for. They have the church people come over and they cut the grass. They have the church people come over and do all the maintenance. They have yes. a, they just put a movie theater in their basement. My aunt's got this huge luxury walk-in closet with like a chandelier. I mean, That's the incredible. church. So, uh, so like on, uh, they have like, um, they have first lady Sunday, right? Which is the first lady is always the preacher's wife. So my aunt has her own Sunday and, uh, for the last Sunday, they bought her a brand new car. Um, they bought her a, a, a convertible uh, on the last First Lady Sunday. That was her gift. I mean, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to think like how, how they do this. <laughs> wow. Man, man, there's so much in there. So they, li they don't even live in Kentucky. They live in Indiana. <laughs> What's that about? They don't even live in Kentucky. They live in, okay, they live in the, uh, Southern Indiana in a really, it, it's like a, it's like an upper middle class suburb. So if it gives this appearance where it's like, see, these houses are like normal, like tri uh, duplex or not duplex, but uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, like two split levels and stuff like that. Like these are normal looking houses built in like the seventies uh, and eighties. So, you know, we're not living anything lavish until uh -huh. you go and they, they put a pool in their, um, in the backyard. I mean, yeah, my aunt, money. she she will go to she drives. I mean, she goes up to Cincinnati and stuff all the time and she'll go to like the luxury stores and buy, you know, 400 hour pair of sunglasses. And <laughs> yeah, God is <laughs> That's good. Why she married him. God so. is good. Sounds like it to me. God is great. That's big business. Yeah, I've... they are so greedy, too. Like they are the greediest. My mother, she went to their church. She just stopped going about uh, maybe six months ago and she you know they have this whole thing where you can go there and just go to church every sunday of or you can be a member of the church so it's like being like the patreon side of it right right and to be in that you have to take an eight-week course you have to pay for it and take an eight-week course where they teach you subjects like tithe 
tithing and offerings, why it's important mm. to tithe and how it's your responsibility. Like they, my, my grandmother, because my grandmother, she uh, is like a complete narcissist, so she has to be a part of this too. And she will call the people up whenever they're, um, if like they didn't make their tithing or whatever, and then you're a member, she is responsible for calling you up and figure out what's going on and how we can get you back on track. (laughs) 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 And this is common practice. Men practice. Yeah. (laughs) There's a, so there's a big televangelist in town called Rod Parsley. I think Brian's going to do an episode about him. I am. Um, but he is also famous. Um, he's kind of like I don't know if you if you listen to that episode we did with what was the what was the Epstein podcast the one we did about uh, Wes Wexner uh, Eat the Rich Eat the Rich podcast. We talked about uh, Les Wexner, who's like this guy in town that has a whole bunch of money, and there's all these people that have worked for him. Rod Parsley is our big televangelist pastor, and I don't think he's probably not making waves out of Ohio. I don't really know, but he has a similar situation. He just has his congregation. And is milking them for everything he has. And a lot of that means, you know, uh, parishioners coming to his place to cut his yard and to do all of his housework and all of that. He's bringing in a meager salary, according to taxes, but he's get, he's benefiting yes, in so yes. many million ways. Yeah, so my, look, so my uncle, right? My uncle, he brags all the time. He says, he says, I'm not out here living the life. I'm not out here living on the church's money. My salary has been $55,000. They are. That's the their for about tw- 15 years, 16 years. He says, my salary is $55,000. Well, my uncles were the, they used, uh, a couple of my uncles, they used to be deacons of the church. So they were in there with all the money and stuff. And they're like, they're bringing in like $300,000. That's how much my uncle and aunt are taking home is like a minimal of $300,000 a year off this church. Oof. Wow. <laughs> I, Ooh, love yes. I love and it. We're talking about, this is like, you should, okay, this case you want some reference, it's called New Birth. I don't care, they'll put them on the spotlight. Just I don't give a damn about names. them. So they're New Birth Church in Louisville, Kentucky, and, uh, off Cameron Road. Um, and my, like, I, I, it, it's insane. So my uncle, what they'll do is, and my aunt, they go to different churches and, you know, whenever you, they'll go speak or be the guest preacher at these churches and they take up a special offering on top of a normal offering. They'll say, you know, let's take a special offering for pastor or ward or whatever. And uh, he'll, you know, he'll take home $6,000. Let's say he'll get $6,000 from the special offering. Um, he may kick back the church a couple of grand for letting him come and do that. And if he does that, you know, at least one Sunday a month, he's holding retreats and all this other stuff. I mean, money's just stacking up. Yeah. I mean, I'm learning a lot about these, these people and, and like the move that they do have really is to say, Oh, I don't make any money. So it, Mm -hmm. this isn't even, how could this be a scam if I don't make money? You know, and you're like, well, why you got so much money? <laughs> I guess is the question. But uh, I mean, they've got two star. They have two sermons every Sunday. They have uh, professional uh, videographers that that tape it and they do a live stream as well. 
so that people Smart. could have people all over the world watching uh, the church on Sunday. And but they don't pay like you know my I've had my cousins and stuff that have been musicians at different times. They don't pay any of the musicians, or if they do get paid, they pay them like very little. And they try to make up for it by being like, you know, you're in the inner circle. So it's this thing of where it's kind of, you know, they're almost like small business tyrants in a way to where you're going to be really shitty. You know, we're going to be really, uh, we're going to treat you like you're, like you're more important than everyone else. So we don't have to pay you anything. Um, but if you're not here, then you don't ever come back. We'll, we'll just make sure you never go to another church and play, uh, play the keyboard ever again type thing. Oh my God. Yeah, that is yeah. that they are so the 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 I mean, one of the most amazing things to me is all of the work they do. Like they try to take down each other. They have these petty wars between churches mm-hmm. that I think are I, I mean, like the stuff I'm learning about a lot of these people is crazy to me. Like it is it is uh uh I'll say this. It, it, it is as decadent of a thing as the shock jocks. Yeah. Like there's almost, they're almost the exact same thing, but one side, uh, but they say different words, but they're all sort of the same. You know, it's like the shock jocks are almost more ethical and that they're a commercial enterprise. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that they admit, hey, I'm saying things to sell commercials. You know what I mean? But the 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 those churches are, I mean, everything I read about uh, on uh, uh, Benny Hinn or um, uh, Jimmy Swaggart or Creflo Dollar is just like, these guys are fucking living the life, you know? At least, mm-hmm. at least your relatives aren't living in a, enormous mansion you know then also building another mansion for their son on next door because the last guy i did jimmy swagger he lives on this huge amount of land and he he had a mansion there's a mansion there that he lives in and then his son got old enough to move out built another mansion on the land so that him and his son could be next door neighbors. And it was just like, it's like this. the gemstones. Oh right. my gosh. It's like the gemstones. Swagger, uh, that, um, that, that TV show on, was it like HBO or something? Yeah. <laughs> and Swagger claims that he is making, I think 50 grand a year is what he says he makes, but they live off of the money of the people and the work of the people with the church. It's actually a pretty incredible scam. I think I, I, I am, uh, I'm really interested in it. Cause I didn't realize how petty these guys were, how they were trying to take each other down. It doesn't seem like you would have to take somebody down to be big in the religion game, but I think that they see, and this is what the shock jocks do too. Like Rod Parsley sees somebody like doing the same thing he's doing as a threat. Like I could have all of, Joel Osteen's people. Customer base. Yes. Yes. That's what they think. They think because Mm -hmm. the people at the church, the people at the church, right? They're not like, uh, um, they're, they're, they're not like, uh, uh, religious in the same way that people that, uh, are just, uh, just go to any old church. They're religious in a way that they believe in the teachings 
of the person that they're going to their church. Like Joel Osteen's people are religious in the Joel Osteen way. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like the Joel Osteen, Oprah, super soul Sunday kind of way. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, is that different what, flavors? Is that something you've seen? What's your flavor at, at the at at your relatives' church? Like, have you seen? Yes. So, so the church that I the church I initially came from that we all came from was this huge church in down. I mean, uh, in downtown Louisville, a huge black church. I mean, when I was younger, it was like the church to go to, uh, Greater Bethel Temple, and then. Uh, it got to the point where it got so massively huge. I mean, it had a huge balcony, everything, um, that people started to kind of like, they kind of like lost their connection because our, our the, uh, the pastor was real old school into where he didn't think that we should go to movies. Like, you know, he was saying people, we shouldn't go to movies on, because uh, he's like, it's a sin or, or women I had, couldn't wear red lipstick, that kind uh, of crap. Yeah. That's how it was for me growing up. And I've never believed in any of this crap. Like I'm from day one, I've all, I just had to, my mother forced me to go on Sunday. So it, sure. it is what it is. And um, I just, you know, he was real old school. And then this newer, like this younger, like the X-Gens were the ones that were starting to break off were the X-Gens. And my uncle is an X-Gen. And so he X-Gen, yeah, like young, old, young boomer, old yeah. X-Gen. And so he was like, you know, he saw these people starting to leave and they were falling asleep. The services were lasting, you know, from 1030 in the morning until two o'clock in the afternoon. Then yeah. you got to come back for the night service. So when he opened up his church, he started off and he was uh, written out one of the school's uh, auditoriums in, uh, in the West End of Louisville because they just need money out there. And they were letting him rent out the, the auditorium and he would only host service for 45 minutes. That was it. That was his whole gimmick at first. That's great. 45 minutes of like this hip young black pastor that, you know, he knows the game and, you know, cause he talking his pimp talk to you kind of in a way, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, he so knows smart. The, that kind of stuff. It's, it was, it's weird, but that's, that's how I've seen it go where, the, you know, these pastors, when they break off, they have their own little niche and they, and they get this following and it's like, you know, he could, you know, he could attract more people if he wanted to. Um, he's going to, you know, he's about to get a whole shopping center. I think is what my, uh, my mom told me that my grandma said they're, they're looking for this huge, like it's old movie theater that they're trying to buy out. It's like a shopping center and make it into a church and this big rec center and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, he doesn't want to get too big. Because then he knows he'll get taken down. He's trying to like yep. say, you know, it's like, it's like me and, you know, not trying to make too much money so I don't lose my benefits. So, like, that's what he's doing. Trying to stay just below the radar so he doesn't get picked on by the bigger guys. Right. Yeah, because they don't want some. And, and the funny thing is, you were talking about, like, it's this young black pastor that comes in and he mm-hmm. talks. the la- It's funny because the, the, they, there are a lot of young white punk Pastors oh, yes. And rock and roll pastors that come in and they build a huge following by like saying bitch on stage and stuff. And it's like, it's really interesting how, how, uh, there was a, yeah, there yeah, was go, an, you know there's more. A, yeah, there's an alternative church in Columbus called Xenos. And, um, they were really big when I was a teen. And there was people that would try to get me to go to their teen night and they would let you hang out with like a 22 year old that would like BMX bike with you or skateboard. Like we would go to these, we would go to these things and we would be skateboarding with a guy and you know, it, it was all just to massage you into 
into getting into the church and it was just open, like, no, you can do whatever you want. You know, you're allowed to be yourself. Um, but then they also did control. I mean, you weren't allowed to listen to secular music or anything. Really? Like they, no, there was like, they just went after the like metal core that the like Christian metal core. It was all. Yeah, they did concerts, but too, they did, didn't they? So they didn't say you couldn't do it, but it was just like, why would you Why would you listen to a, a, a secular band if they aren't, aren't spreading the message that you believe in? I mean, it sounds the same. You might as well just listen, you know, to Under Oath or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, one of Jim Baker's sons had a reality show back in... Oh, the, yeah, early, he did. Yeah, mm -hmm. back in the early 2000s, he had a bunch of tattoos. Oh. And he's like, I'm punk rock. I kind of disagree with my dad a little bit because, like, I think church could be something a lot cooler. You know who else did that? One of the Baldwin brothers just went ultra religious and was like, I'm yeah, hanging out with these uh, skateboarders. His daughter, Mary, his daughter is the one that married Justin Bieber because they went to the Hillsong Church. Yes. And he, Justin Bieber's all like, uh, he's all into that Hillsong guy or whatever. Yeah. Like, and so that's how they all met up. Yeah. Hillsong is living the life too, man. He's got like the best glasses, the best shoes, Gucci jumpsuits. Oh, his drip. Oh my God, his drip. That white boy's drip is on point. I know. He is so sexy. He's so good at it. <laughs> I got to look there's him a up. Guy I, I don't even know who he is. There's a guy I follow. His name is like Joshua the Prophet or something. And this dude is like always covered in like gold and ice and like, you know, fucking Alexander McQueen sweaters. He is always on point. But I don't know where he's at. See, I'm it's like his name is Carl Lentz. That's the, his name is Pastor Carl Lentz. That's the guy who runs the Hillsong Church. Well, he runs the branch out of New York. And oh, so no. like every, he does all these interviews. He's covered in Supreme and all this stuff. Yeah. That's smart, though. And the Supreme shit is really. That that kind of like, uh, where does Hillsong take place? Did he move to New York? Did it start somewhere? I mean, like, that's I the thing. I think it started in California, and then they wanted to do, um, and then they tried to do another branch of the church, so they did it in New York. So he kind of recruited, uh, like, Justin Bieber. I think he has, like, Kevin Durant or something. He has, like, a, a he, well, he has some kind of, like, NBA player that goes there, too. It's a bunch of celebrities that show up. Yeah, I, I almost feel like he pays them like an, almost an appearance fee. Yeah, I'm gonna look at. I'm looking this guy up. I might have to uh, switch out a, a huge a Driscoll for a uh, for a Hillsong. Hillsong you know would I mean? be a good addition. I think Hillsong would be a great addition to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Hillsong think is dude, that guy. Like the way he runs his church. He, um, I love Jesus and Meryl. Jesus versus Meryl, the Bodega Boys. It's like my I've been listening to like day one. And they were making fun of, um, of they're making fun of uh, when Justin Bieber ran over that guy and they, he was walking with like that pastor and stuff and they were all making fun of him. So then that the pastor, Carl Lentz, ended up showing up on the show and did like an interview. And he was just talking about how, yeah, man, you know, everything is all good. And, you know, I just want y'all to know that, you know, we don't talk religion like that. It's more about expanding your mind and just getting in touch with who you are. And I was like, oh, you are so fucking clever. Like, you think oh, yeah. you are so slick, white boy. You think you are so slick. Pastor <laughs> Carl Lentz. Oh, this mm -hmm. guy is fucking great. Oh, yeah, he's hot. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh. And you know what the thing is? The reason he's wearing Supreme and all the hype beast stuff 
is because it's expensive. Yeah. Just the same reason that Swagger wore really expensive suits. Yeah, you want to invite, those are the people you want in your congregation. Like, we have a congregation going, but we chose the brokest people possible to be in our <laughs> yeah. congregation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, this guy's in fucking incredible. Like an EBT cart and shit. Like, yes, yes, we I are. Love it. We'll give you 50 on it, 50 on a dollar for, uh, for EBT credit. <laughs> Check out my dude, uh, Prophet Joshua Holmes. I don't know how I found this guy on Facebook, but he is always on point. And he, I don't know if he wears contacts or not, but his eyes look like vampirish in a way. And he is always oh, like God. Gucci loafers, velvet fucking jackets, all of it. It's incredible. He's drinking. There's a goddamn picture of him drinking. Hillsong? Doing um, shots. Uh, what is there's a guy on YouTube, right? And he he takes all these like clips and makes these uh real like acid trippy video. What is that dude's name? Uh, he's huge. He makes like acid trippy kind of videos and stuff. He does like Steve Harvey and but he did one on on. I just watched because they featured it and uh, I think it was on Vox or something. But he did one on Carl Lentz and, and the Hillsong Church. And it's like an acid trippy thing I watched on YouTube. It is so dope. God, it's so okay. good. Like I just, right. I was just—it's been on my mind for like two weeks. And I was like, I've got to call <laughs> while I have a chance to it's tell awesome. about this. I—I might have to. Uh, are you on Twitter? Yes, I'm on Twitter. Can you DM me later on? I—I—I—I I, I, I want to talk to you about maybe doing uh, uh the uh, mega. Uh, I, if we do a Hillsong show, I'd like to—I'd like to at least have you on to talk about it. Oh yeah, I, I'm down. Like that sounds like so yeah, much. I know so DM. much about churches and just how they operate. I mean, the church I went to, our the main deacon, do he he got um they we had, there was a point when he ended up they made him leave the church because he had embezzled. I think it was almost two million dollars over the course of uh, twelve years. Damn. He had a, he had embezzled twelve million dollars or two million dollars, and the church didn't even file a police report they said that they said that god would take care of it yeah yeah <laughs> god does such because a everybody bad job paid. of everybody getting out paid off of it. so they were like well you know what are we gonna do we ain't calling the police on him yeah god mm -hmm. does a terrible job at meeting out justice like he usually gives the people that do the worst shit a lot of extra time <laughs> yeah. well thanks for calling in i appreciate it yeah, yeah. message message the uh no, message thank you yeah, message the Street Fight page too. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a, a gumball shirt if you don't have one already. Yeah, I'd like to talk. To, I, I I I I mean, I'd like to have you on the uh, uh, Holy Boys. We'll get you paid and everything. You can come oh, and talk to me. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so dope! Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for calling in. Not a problem. Have a good one. We're going to break. All right, guys. Have a good night. Take Peace out. All right, we got to take a break. Um, we got a few callers in the chat. I mean, honestly, if you wanted to shoot your shot, now's the time. There's not enough to fill up the rest of the show. I can fill the rest of the Brian show. Brian wants well, to go watch. out early, maybe. No, I would finish the rest of the show. We're going three hours. Okay. Okay, we in will. In these troubling times, we will be your light in the darkness. All right, we are Street Fight Radio. We're going on break. Oh, we don't have music yet, do we? I never sent any music to Brian. Uh, that's probably Could not you smart. play some silence? Maybe, like, we'll just do a moment of silence? No. John, I think music. John Cage did that. Who, I who would did like, that silent song? I played that, that Josh Cage? band, and, and uh, they're one of the first bands that ever got back to me and I was like, thank you for playing my music. And who? That's the 
G H O S H. I don't oh, know how yes. to say it. Josh. Gosh, gosh. Uh, we did their we played their cover of Break Stuff at the end of uh they're very cool. I want them to get more music out because they seem like a very cool Philly man. interesting thing. Philly I know. Is I know. The, has the best music. We got to do a variety show in Philly, dude. Yeah, we could have a we could do a, a fucking festival in Philly with the amount of great bands that are out there. I know. I know. It's unreal. I know. Um Let's do th- I'm I'm like booking shows for us. Well, we, we already got plan. 12 we have to do. <laughs> <laughs> before we could even start planning new ones. <laughs> All right, let me let me get this over to to Jason so that we have some tunage to to take a break on. And you know, this is the first time in our career, Brett, that we have ever had that thing where you take some time off and you come back and you have more work. Yes, you know, what I mean, like, in Street Fight Life, because yeah. we have twelve date. We're we're like we have a debt now. Of 12 dates that we have to do. Like, all the work piled up when we were in quarantine. Yeah, we used to always say, like, you know, Columbus Day is fucking bullshit because you don't get work off for Columbus Day. You just have to do all the work that was supposed to be done on Columbus Day in the four days you have rest in the week left in the week. Now we are in debt. Yeah, it's so weird to think about. I was like, I want to get... I, I was like, if we can figure it out, man, I would rather just fucking fly... From uh, Florida to Philly and start the tour right after and then add Pittsburgh to Hellfire okay. and just do them all in three weeks. Yeah, get it. I want them Wrap gone. it up. Yeah. Oh, I hate being in, I, I, I hate I being in debt on stuff. I know. That's, There's times I wake up when I don't have, we don't have money for stuff and I'm just sitting there like, oh, I owe I said, this person money or I owe, I have to buy this thing or we have to spend money on this and I don't want to. It's only three weeks on the road, 12 yeah. dates and we're done. Okay. I like this idea. I do too. And then also Chicago and LA. I want to do Chicago and LA. New York's already on the list of show people we owe a show. So <laughs> Chicago and LA, I just want to do. But fuck, by the time you can start whenever, I guess. I'm not saying anything interesting. All right. So uh, this is uh, Gray Matter. You can find them graymattermi.bandcamp.com. They're out of Michigan, Lansing, Michigan, to be more exact. So. Check them up. Gray, check them out. Graymattermi.bandcamp.com. We're going to tra- take a break and we're coming back. I'm adding R's to all of my T's right now. I don't know what the fuck is going on this LSD.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. Hope you enjoyed the tunes. That was Gray Matter, G-R-E-Y. I don't know what the difference in spelling is, to be honest. I've just been told I say it, I spell it wrong. Uh, Gray Matter, M-I dot bandcamp dot com. You can hear more of their music. If you like that stuff, they do like the ska punk thing. That's really fucking dope. Uh, thank you. For listening to the show, they send in their music. If you are in a band and you want to hear your music on Street Fight Radio, we want to support you. We want to spread the word about independent creators. So send an email to streetfightradio at gmail.com. Send an email to streetfightwcrs. Send a message to facebook.com slash streetfightwcrs. Any way you can get a hold of us, we would love to play your music and spread the word uh, about all of your great tunes that you're putting out there. So please let me know if you're listening and you got a band that you want to get out there. We'd love to spread your mess across the U.S. as well as our own. Uh, thank you to our last caller. That was very, uh, oh man, I, I ran out of words. I was going to say illuminative, and I think I made that up, but I think you know what it means. So you did uh, a good job giving us the, you, give, you gave us the um, on-the-ground information on starting your own mega church, and so maybe some of the listeners here will take that information and, Stop going to church instead of, you know, going to church and paying somebody. You take over the means of production and start your own church and get $300,000 a year. So if you're, you know, out of work right now, consider starting a church is what I'm saying. That and sounds like a good idea. You're doing a special podcast series like Shocktober, like March Madness, like American Podcasts. It's going to cover all of our favorite televangelists, right? Yeah, me and Tom Sexton from the Trillbillies are going to talk about religion. We're going to get some of that old-time religion. We were thinking about how funny it, or I was thinking about how funny it would be if uh, we turn Christian after this. I was listening to Benny Hinn, and he had some very uh, compelling opinions to me. About what? <laughs> Corona? Sickness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he said something about... Uh, what did he say? Some woman was in a wheelchair and she was like feeling like real miserable about being in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? Uh, and then she looked across the room and saw another person in a wheelchair and she thought good thoughts about that person. And then she was able to stand up. That's all it takes. Yeah. That's all it takes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like once you stop thinking about your fucking self, dude. Yeah. You know. God you opens that window. That God will cure you. And it's like, why are these guys telling people that God's going to cure them? But Benny Hinn also, like, I, I know that he gets a lot of grief about saying he cured stuff and stuff. But he also did say, like, that he talked this woman into doing chemo and stuff. Because she was okay. like, God's going to. God's going to fucking cure it. And he's like, God ain't going to fucking cure this. Yeah. You should try some medicine. God gave these doctors <laughs> the formula to, to fight chemotherapy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm trying. I'm still learning. I didn't grow up religious. You know, the weird thing about doing all these podcasts, right? These deep dives is that, like, most of them have been things I'm relatively familiar with. Right. You right, know? Right. So doing this one is a little bit different because it is something that I have no familiarity with. It's just church, which I wasn't raised religious. Uh, I didn't, didn't have any of it in my life. Uh -huh. And it, just learning about like how these things are laid out, how they're put together, uh, the guys, their competition with each other. Uh, that kind of stuff is, is really fascinating to me. It's a, it's a really neat, uh, 
I don't know. It's pretty cool. You know? I, it's, uh, well, I mean, it is relatable. I mean, you know, we do a podcast for people that only, only read one book as well, Karl Marx. And so (laughs) we're, we're the same way that like religion, it's impressive because they have one book to work off and it's only that person's interpretation of it. That is what decides, you know, whether or not they're going to go to that church, you know, for sure. You have the same shit to say, you know, that they've been saying. All right, let's, uh, let's, Jump on the phones here. Did you fill the queue back up? The queue is is not filled all the way, but yeah, we have enough calls to to round us out. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Molly Lambert. Molly Lambert, Hi. what's up? I know who you are. Hey guys, I'm uh from the podcast Night Call. Big fan of Street Fight. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, also from I'm also from No Olympics LA. Oh, that's great. I didn't know that part. Yeah, you uh, you liked my uh, Talking Heads uh, Pizza Hut joke, so <laughs> that made I me feel really hard. <laughs> Brian did have nothing but flowers. It's such a good song, and Brian doesn't know it. So there's sometimes I make a joke, and it's like, I mean, he's not gonna, he has not heard the song before, but somebody has. <laughs> <laughs> it got a really good laugh out of me that I really, really needed. So good. thank you for that. Well, thanks for calling. I am for looking. sure. So. I have a little Hillsong gossip. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. All I yeah. want to know is <laughs> yes. about Hillsong. It's now. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, the Lord's Day. So, first of all, the thing Hillsong did that was really smart in Los Angeles was it did start getting all the celebrities, which sort of made it take over from Scientology in that respect. It sure. sort of uh, took away the cachet of being the, the cult for, for famous people. But there are now some splinters at Hillsong where individual preachers are like starting their own churches and some of the people go with them to their new churches. So uh, there's a, a pastor who started a church called VU, V-O-U-S. Oh, and wow. I've seen Justin Bieber and his wife posting more about that church lately. So I'm wondering if there was a falling out with Pastor oh. Carl Lentz or something. Now I'm looking up. Vo- it's a Miami one. Oh, this guy is yeah. handsome. Another handsome one. He's got a denim jacket. Look- yeah, they all look like that. They're all like, hey, can you believe it? I love Jesus, and I'm also wearing Jordan. <laughs> it's smart. It's smart. But- because you can always peel off a few people who are like, I don't want, I, I love Jesus and stuff, but I don't want to be at like a Joel Osteen church. It seems like some nerd shit. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to buy, I don't want to buy slacks or something just because I became a Christian. For I still, sure. I still want designer sure. jeans. And I'll, I'll say I've talked to some Hillsong people and they do do the thing you were saying where they're like, Hey, you know, you don't have to believe in it. It's just for, uh, if you're into it, it's cool. You don't have to be, which, uh, totally works. It makes you be like, Hey, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, that it, it may it's so that like people are like, well, they're not out here like cramming it down somebody's throat or anything like that. You know, they're just they're, well, it's they're also just... like in L.A., you got to be a little reform, I think. So like I asked the Hillsong person if they were allowed to do astrology, you know, uh-huh. and they were like, oh, yeah, for sure. OK, yeah. God hung them it's... sun and stars in the sky. Right. So, yeah, make up and, stories and in about LA, it's very like Coachella themed. That's how they. Mm-hmm. They kind of brand it is it's like people in big hats and palm trees and it's like a music festival, but it's 
it's a church. Sure. And then Kanye, I think also, you know, just kind of took that concept because he was like, I'll just start my own business. I see Kanye stuff on uh, StockX all the time. And I'm like, boy, this is really exciting. Like, because they, <laughs> like, some of it looks so cool, you know, because it's Kanye West and he is a good designer. But it's like, it does say God and Jesus all over everything that he makes now. But the Sunday service, like, clothes are cool. But I, I'm going to stick on the Travis Scott Astro World okay. clothes, actually. Yeah. I'm not going to get into Kanye well, now. It makes sense to me that the individual pastors would at a certain point be like, oh, you know, I'm going to make my own franchise where I own everything instead of just being one of the big guys of this franchise. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think like, I don't know. I, I think being for me at least, and I know this doesn't square with what I do for my job. Right. Uh, I would want to be a big guy in the big church. That is like just my, my, my instinct is I want to be the captain of an unsinkable ship, you know? <laughs> yeah. You want to be Joel Osteen is what you're saying? Yes. Yes. And here's the thing. Uh, would, if I had had the choice of career before this, right? If I had had the choice and you know this, Brett, cause I've said this to you, I'd have, I'd have fucking taken the radio job right away. I would have, if they would, if a, if a hard rock radio station would have said, we want street fight, I would have been like, Brett, we got to fucking take this thing to hard rock radio yeah. <laughs> because I just, it's, <laughs> it's so weird. It's so scary being on your own. I know that like, there's a lot of romanticism of, of like, uh, of independent art and shit like that. But being the independent artist is scary. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I will say though. As someone who's had a number of podcasts that were attached to other brands, and then if that job didn't exist anymore, that podcast didn't exist anymore, there's yeah. definitely a lot of good reasons to have your own and, and own it yourself. We did learn very early. Me and Brett learned that lesson like super early, just being friends with Felix and Virgil and them losing mm -hmm, Carl. Mm -hmm. They lost Carl Diggler. Like they totally just lost this thing that they created that was super successful. And it was like, oh, maybe like being a part of a network isn't the best. Right. You know? <laughs> it gives yeah, you an advantage. Good, there are also some good networks who let people own their own shows. We, yeah. we own our show at, at Night Call. So I think, you know, but the independent sensibility, that's like where the good podcasts are. To me, I think so too. Including I, you guys. I do think that like the shows that decide to go it alone uh, tend to be a little bit better than like the ones that are cranked out of like the same studio as like 15 other podcasts, you know, and people yeah. have wanted us to do a network forever. And partially like, I, I think that I would probably be the same way if I was a fan because of all the subscription fees, <laughs> the, 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 all of the <laughs> Patreon fees. Like I totally get what they're saying. But like, once you're part of a network, man, you know, if we were part of a network and then somebody else on the network said a thing that we didn't agree with, or they got them in trouble and then it sinks the thing, it's like, depending on yourself is a lot easier than, than <laughs> like, but if you're giving me a choice ever, big company, just I'll take, I'll do it. I'll go to the big company, you know, I'm, I'm so <laughs> well, scared. Now is that is a from home podcaster. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we've been we've been like ahead of that. I mean, I also always yeah, like exactly. Didn't you didn't you when you worked for a network were you at home or were you in a studio? We were at home at our last network. That was cuz they were they were cheap. <laughs> See, I think being in a studio would be great. Like a studio in a commercial space to me is yeah. like that that's actually the dream, you know. That that's It definitely what, makes you feel feel more like you work in radio, you know. Yeah. Yeah, cuz you're sitting like with Brett, I feel for Brett because like his house is work. You know, I come here to yeah. work. He doesn't come to my house to work. So like I I I I can't imagine if I was him, I would never feel like I was I would either always feel like I was working or I would never feel like I was working. It would there would be no sort of in between, you know. <laughs> when we broadcasted this week, we recorded from home and and Tess Lynch, uh, she's got kids, so she had to make a studio in her closet, <laughs> and it worked totally well. And then I saw other people, like a DJ at the classical radio station in LA, was doing a closet studio because it uh, the clothes absorb the sound. Oh, that makes sense. That's funny though, because like I am uh, off the air. It's like been a lot of the talk here is I'm building my studio now, like mm -hmm. at my house, so that. So we will have two studios and at some point when my wife decides to help me get a desk, cause I don't know how to shop for <laughs> furniture. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's like, um, it's, it's nice to have something. I want a huge space. I don't want to be in a closet because I want, I, I, I'm a walk around pie. I like to stand up and walk around when I podcast. And I do that a lot of times when I record from home. I just, I have a handheld mic when I record from my house and I pace back and forth in my living room while I'm doing the podcast. And it feels so good. And it feels like, <laughs> and, and, and especially at this time now, it feels like I'm on stage, which I would love to have that feeling again, you know? Yeah. You could put a stool and just do it from a stool and pretend you're doing a podcast lab show. I mean, do you, has that been something like I've been thinking about this a lot, but the fact that there are no crowds anywhere right now is sort of sad to me. Like I, I can't well, put my finger this on This was it. the other thing I wanted to tell you guys about is I just saw a photo and in LA, the farmer's markets are still open. That's one of the things our terrible mayor, Eric Garcetti said could still be open. And I haven't been to one, obviously, but I saw a picture of Brentwood, which is like the, the really rich neighborhood in L.A., and it was packed. It was insane. The thing next to each other in line and all that? Yeah, just people all next to each other. And like Gwyneth Paltrow posted a video or a photo last week, you know, because she's in Contagion, where she was wearing her mask and gloves and being like, here's what I wore to go to the farmer's market. You know, it's very safe. But then you see a photo of all these people back to back and you just, there's no way you could be safe in that environment. Yeah. And definitely in LA, it's like some of the rich neighborhoods, people are just refusing to change their behavior. So that's where people are getting it the most. Fucking rich people, man. They think they can just get away with anything. They, they don't think anything For applies sure. to them, which is true. Most yeah. I don't know what the thinking is here. People are just like, oh, well, it's out side and I'm getting my fresh produce, but it's totally unsafe. There's no way it should be happening. Yeah. And everybody's buying 
everybody's touching the food. Like, it's not like, because yeah. that's, that's the thing. It's like, I, I, I don't generally worry about people being outside and you know, you don't, you don't want crowds gathering, but people that are distancing themselves and being outside, probably a good thing. If we all just sat in our yeah. houses through this whole thing, uh, it would be some, it would, it would suck. It would be fucking crazy to me to sit in my house the whole time. But when you do see crowds, places like there's a place I walk a lot where I see crowds of where there's like a, uh, uh, a lot of, uh, groups of people that are pretty close to each other, uh, you know, working out and stuff like that. And it, it's, I don't know. It's, it's really strange. I take walks around this city and I see people working out alone on the main <laughs> drag of, of Columbus where you could never do that. You could never do push ups and sit ups and whatever other workout moves that you, you could never do that on a normal day, but people are up there doing it. And it's like, those are the people that I'm like, you're doing it right. Cause they're not around anybody. Yeah. It's the people in the park, totally. you know, it's yeah. Uh, they the had to shut down all the hiking trails here because same thing. Everybody was like, okay, well I'll be fine. There won't be that many people, but then everybody had the same idea. So a, the hiking trails were just super crowded. That's the same thing I but had today. You can definitely walk. Yeah, you can walk around your neighborhood here, no problem. It's like a suburban stroll. Yeah, I think that's the move, right? Or, or even like you can get in your car and walk around in a neighborhood that's that's like decent, or or like you can take walks, but you should definitely be uh, not going to the park and stuff. Like I take yeah. my walk, and uh, I actually altered it. I take the same walk almost every day, like different variations of the same walk every day. And uh, I had to alter it last week because I found that like some of the areas that I'm at a lot were extra packed in a way that they're not no, even during the thing, you know, when it's normal. Yeah. And uh, that to me is that's a little bit scary. But Ohio has been really good. I think among some of the places I think Ohio's was the one of the first to shut down one of the first to one of the first to really try to get this thing under yeah. control yeah it's so weird how it's like state states rights everyone's sucks. doing a totally different thing it's so stupid it's so fucking stupid because like i'm just lucky i'm in ohio you know yeah but like right I, I can't imagine being a person with my level of anxiety in florida where they're just like, who gives a shit? We're going to the beach, you know? They yeah. just locked down last week. I've been listening to Bubba the Love Sponge a lot. And- uh, Oh yeah, we did a spring break week uh, month actually on Night Call. And uh, that was one of the stories that came up was the spring breakers still partying. Yeah, yeah. And Bubba the Love Sponge <laughs> thinks the whole thing's bullshit. And the guy is just like, he has a- I mean, he doesn't have much of an audience anymore, which is nice. He doesn't influence oh, he a ton of people. He doesn't think it's fake. He just thinks it isn't like a big deal. Meanwhile, if he gets it, he's dead. He's a 400 pound man. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Maybe it's a defense mechanism. Well, you know like what he, you know what he said? He's, he thinks America's being a bunch of snowflakes. Sure. And he's, oh, right. Of course. 
And he keeps saying stuff like, what would our fucking dads think? And I'm like, I don't give a fuck yeah, what my dad thinks. Stupid. They were stupid. They yeah. died at heart attacks at 53. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would the greatest generation think? And it's like, who cares? Like, yeah. I don't fucking care what they think. They don't know anything. <laughs> they never even been on the internet. <laughs> Gotta get the greatest generation internet. I love to yell about like uh uh like I love to say stuff like like Abraham Lincoln. I'm smarter than Abraham Lincoln ever was in his <laughs> whole life. Like I'm a, I'm actually as a dumb idiot that does a podcast, I'm smarter than he ever was. Yeah. Because I just know so much more than he did. Sure. Abraham Lincoln never heard of Joy Division. No, no, he has no idea. <laughs> he couldn't even picture that in his mind. All he could picture was like those stupid fucking organs that they played back then. I think that's the music. Yeah, he doesn't even know about polyrhythmic music or anything. It was all just straightforward. Dude, that was the that was the new metal of his day. True. True. I I no the well, I wanted to say Do you ever think about like oh, how Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, oh no. I was just going to say on my way out, I wanted to say also me and my boyfriend have been listening to the POD cast oh. and we're both huge fans. It's a fun uh, one. I have written a few times about sort of my defense of new metal, which is, well, I'll, I'll at, send you guys. But as you know, I, at, uh, <clears throat> as you, you know, know, I think it's like it brings uh, together the suburban kids. As you, kinds. as you may know, I had a recent victory in the uh, POD cast where the band I picked won instead of the band that John wanted to torture me with winning, which was, <laughs> it felt very good. Which band? We got to get you on. I won. Won. I Yeah. Uh, Incubus Science won. Oh, yeah. I got to get you on. You know what I, I wanted? Like Incubus. Oh, well, yeah. You know what I, wa I wanted? I want to cover the Deftones covers album. Really bad? Oh, yeah. But for some reason, I want to do it with a woman because it's all so sexy. You know, Deftones are so sure. sexy that I just want to hear. Like, sexy. Women, women love the Deftones. I know. My sister had a cat named after their lead singer. <laughs> well, every new metal band is either from Florida or from a weird exurb in California. Yeah. Sacramento, the, the Deftones. But yeah. they, I mean, they basically all moved to LA, though, didn't they? Like, it's yep. a, Yeah. Yeah, you but would I have do a the friend same. from Bakersfield, and I always torture him about corn being the pride of Bakersfield. They have but a corn I do street. also like corn. I wrote a defense of corn, so. They have a corn street there, right? Corn Way, where okay. you can go and walk <laughs> down Corn Way, which is a road. And the sign is written with the backwards R, the the the, the oh, corn it's logo. So cool! Are you serious? Oh, it's incredible, dude. It's the best thing. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my friend Caleb take a picture of that. I, I gotta look it fair. back up. It might have been one of those stupid temporary things, but I'm fairly certain. I consider Buck Owens to be the pride of Bakersfield, just to say that. Well, that's good for well, you. Well, yeah. Well, so so does my friend, which is why I torture him by saying corn or the other pride. I say that's the other Bakersfield sound. Whoa. But it is. It's the sound of Central Valley farming towns. It's totally new metal. Yeah. And more people have, well, I mean, at this point, more people know corn uh, than uh, Buck Owens, I would say. So here it is. Here it yeah. is, Molly. In Bakersfield, California, where their arena is, the access road to get to the arena is called Corn Row. 
and the sign that is rules. written in corn font. Corn row. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, crazy. corn, funny enough, corn got their name because they thought corn row would be a funny name. Really? I guess. Like they were deciding what they wanted the band to be called, and somebody was like, what about corn row? And then Jonathan Davis was like, what about corn? And uh, the dude. <laughs> because I think one of a, a few of them had cornrows at the beginning. Because that's the thing about new metal, that's Molly. Fair. The thing about new metal more than anything is all of the men in it were very handsome and cool. So that's why I like. Yeah, them. obviously. <laughs> well, they were originally called. The, I know Jonathan Davis was originally in a band called LAPD. No, that was for laughing as laughing as people die. That was the other guys. Jonathan Davis was in a band called Sex Art, which oh, I would yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would do anything <laughs> to hear a Sex Art album because I'm sure because it was nothing like Corn. Sure, he was doing like right. sex music, which is weird. yeah. What you guys are saying about the funky bass lines? I do think that Les Claypool sound just uh, went everywhere. It did. He yeah, had part uh, of it. And it was also like, it's really neat because like, I didn't like punk, but I think corn gave me the appreciation of punk that I later totally got into Same it with my boyfriend. Yeah. 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 I mean, my boyfriend never had a punk phase, but he, he totally had a, a new metal phase. Does he deny it now? No, not at all. He's from the South also. So it's like not, not something to be embarrassed of. I think. He was right. in a, a new metal dance crew mm. called the Pseudopod Psychomaniacs. <laughs> that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. In seventh grade, they would go to school dances and just like bust out some some uh, some moshing, basically. Oh my god! You know what's funny cool. is I used to request those songs at like every like you'd be at a, we'd be at a party or something. And the music would be playing, and I'd be like, I'm sick of this fucking hip-hop yeah. and all this pop music. Let's <laughs> listen to some fucking corn. Yeah. And then as soon as you turn it on, it's like, this isn't to be listened yeah. to here. <laughs> well, I liked what you said also about how, you know, secretly liking pop music and hip-hop, but being, like, embarrassed, like, not wanting to tell people because you're not supposed to like everything at that point. That was it. I felt was. the same way about new metal because I, I liked pop and hip-hop, but I totally secretly liked all this new metal but I felt like it wasn't wasn't my personality. It was now, so, I'm, now I'm fine with it. It's all it, music. It was such a weird time because it really was before Poptimism happened, you weren't like allowed to like everything. It was just fucking totally right. like, no, you're not allowed to like everything. You can only like your thing and you have to hate. the. Uh, you have to think that the other stuff should be canceled forever. Totally. And yeah. I was I was into like indie rock, which was the most like that. So you know, I liked indie rock, but then I also totally watched Total Request Live and had yeah opinions and and liked all you know a lot of it. So I'm I glad would, we're out of that phase of the world. <laughs> at least, at least everybody gets to like everything now. I would even get a little bit mad, like right, when when like one of my friends would be like, "I think Godsmack's pretty good," and I'd be like, "They fucking suck." They are not heavy <laughs> enough. It's radio music. Like, yeah. like you would dice it up so thin, you know? The the thing you were into was like a super thin line. And like uh so many people missed out on stuff, and so many people still live by that. Yeah. In 2020, because when they yeah. were in high school, that was the way you had to be. Very funny. Well, in 
in May, we're doing a Y2K May on night call and definitely going to do a mix that will, that will definitely have some, some new metal in it. You tell me uh, if you want me to call. Thanks so much guys for letting me call in. Yeah. If you need somebody to call and talk about new metal, I'm your, I'm your guy. For sure. I also have some questions about wild animal ownership in Ohio that I might talk <laughs> to you about later. Anytime. We believe in freedom. We do, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks for calling, freedom, Molly. Freedom I, to I, own tigers. Thanks. Thank you for calling, Molly. It was really an honor. For I, it's, sure. It's thanks, great guys. to talk to you. Big fan. Thanks. All right. Find her on Bye. Twitter. She's at Molly Lambert. Uh, and you can find her podcast, Night Call Pod, as well, at Night Call Pod. Um, I'm glad she called in. Let me tell you, it is it is like poptimism is such a weird thing now because I think I complain about it a little bit because I would like it if more people thought more things suck. Yeah. But it is nice to be more open-minded. It's a better world if everybody's more open-minded. Yeah. Yeah, we just can't. I mean, I think it just, it, it's like, I don't know. As far as I see how far as life has been for me, people tend to swing in heavy extremes like i said there like there isn't a lot of middle ground i don't feel you're like people just go one or the other and so as poptimism got to be great there was like oh all music is good you can appreciate all of it and then i started to feel like i mean a lot of this sucks like yeah we were appreciating bad we're, shitty stuff kodak, kodak black sucks a lot of his songs fucking suck <laughs> he's bullshit <laughs> Skirt is skirt skirt. Okay, he has one good song. Yeah, but like I don't know. I I didn't like. I don't like Carly J. Reps. Carly Rae Jepsen's albums. I don't never really hit with me. Well, I, I mean, don't. I don't get any joy really out of Cardi B. Oh, okay. Which is like, yeah. I know you're not supposed to say that. Or no, whatever, it's fine. But like, I don't get any joy out of that. The radio. Stuff. I yeah. made, I mean, like the radio stuff is poison. They're just doing it to sell fucking soda and shit. It is really. There is a reason to have an underground that fights against the corporate monoculture, but at the same time, it's also nice to have a song that like everybody fucking knows that you can turn on. You know, that everybody yeah. can can rock with a Drake song is is good. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I just wish rock music would come back. Now where's, that I'm in that mode where I'm like loving rock music again, I'm like rediscovering my love for rock music. I get more sad that there's it's not, not more rat, rock music. Rock was right. I mean, w like with the period you were talking about with new metal, it was right there next to everything else. There were genres were competing. Everything is just filtered into like the, the hip hop. I mean, it's just all they just find the hip hop dude or gal of the moment and run them fucking through the system for as much money as that, that they can make. And then we're on to it. Yeah, and like it's easier to make money off of a, a a a rapper and a DJ than five people in a fucking band. Yeah, yeah, but five five people in a band is like such a cool. Oh, I know, it's amazing. I mean, you just look at it and you're just like, the the most uncool metal band the, is still cool. Twenty One Pilots has most of the. Hey, they have five of the top ten Billboard charts from 2019 to 2009. They're the top rock band. Is Twenty One Pilots. And they've never rocked in their life. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's on. I feel like it's going to come back. I think everything's super cyclical. Sure, everything is. And right. like people have been pronouncing rock dead forever. It's you know? Yeah. But at some point people are going to be like, and, and you're seeing the new metal resurgence. Sure. Now, it's not showing up as metal. But like once the music that's influenced by it gets bigger, there's going to be people who decide to do new metal yeah, please i want some mall screamo back 
Please yeah. just give me. Well, mine. that comes after new metal. I know. That's what I'm. You that's know? I'm ready. I'm ready. I want new metal to happen so I can move on to the stuff that I like. I mean, I want new metal to happen so that I can listen to it. Yeah. So there's some new stuff. Yeah. Some new slap bass. Some new seven string guitar shit to listen to. T- so drop D. I I want to. I'm telling listeners here. I want to tell Brad is that like me and John ended up getting Nick Weiger into Deftones, like. He really likes them. And, and like, it was funny because when we, when we did the show together, me and John were just saying like Deftones, like, you know, obviously my, so I say it like this, you know, my favorite new metal band is Korn, but the best new metal band is Deftones. Okay. You know, does that make sense to you? Yeah, is that of like course. a good explanation? And, and like, he heard us saying like, well, obviously, you know, you can't count Deftones there because they're like great. And he was like, well, who are, who are, uh, I mean, Deftones are good. And I was like, like good now. Yeah. Like still good. Like they've always been great and good. And, uh, I recently saw that Chino was backstage at a corn concert. Right. And, uh, somebody asked him while he was there, like, why did you turn down so many tours with corn? Right. And he had the best answer. And he was like, look, everybody was trying to tour with us. Like all of the corn, Limp Biscuit, Coal Chamber, like that we, all of these bands wanted to do shows with us. And our fans probably really wanted us to do those shows too, you know? And we understood that. But when you call something new, that means at some point it has to become old. Sure. And I was like, oh, it's so smart, man. Just like a smart, because I would have just been like, let's put the Corn Deftones Limp Biscuit tour together, <laughs> you know? And I, it's never going to happen, you know? Yeah, I don't agree. I mean, you got to strike while the iron's hot is how I believe. Yeah, but if Why they had, get they all would your make, fucking money. They would be made fun of in the, in the same way that Limp Biscuit and Corn and... Like they had to go through like a phase where they were like the most hated bands in the world. And people yeah. were just like, I hate this shit and made fun of it. Deftones never had to go through that. You know, lucky guys, All smart, right. smart. Good call in. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to you tonight? Hey guys, this is Jake from uh, Cleveland. How are you? Doing well. Great. How are you, Jake? Not too bad. Um, I had, uh, well, big fan of the show, but, um, I had a, a story, something happened to me yesterday that, uh, just made me, uh, definitely think, uh, needed to call in. So, uh, I was at, um, my weed guy's house actually, and, uh, had to get some essentials for, you know, the, uh, virus and quarantine and whatnot. And, um, the, uh, my, my weed guy, he's kind of, uh, you know, conspiracy based in his own way you know he's kind of downplaying the uh you know the whole virus and sure. thinking that it's you know uh they're coming into you know like some patriot act after 9-11 stuff and trying to get our phones and you know so i was trying to like event know, 201 like, oh, do you know about event 201 kind of fucked, but i'm sorry have you heard about event 201 i have not well, just if you want to school him on something, Event 201 is this like pandemic exercise that they ran that was supposed to be like, it's, it was kind of like how they, they did a dry run of 9-11 supposedly before it happened. Event 201 is the new one I found about that they're all fucking obsessed with right now. 
about Jesus. Vent sure. to a, and, well, and, it was. Yeah, I I heard the Dr. Fauci guy in 2017 said Trump. You never like when Trump cut the pandemic budget. Uh-huh. He was like, "Well, you don't know. You could deal with a. You could end up having a pandemic in like 2020. Yeah, and like actually have to need that budget. So he got him back. He 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 engineered a pandemic to get him back. That's what <laughs> I saw being the the. I think I heard that on Bubba. <laughs> So dumb. <laughs> it's, it's insanity. And and so normally I can deal, you know, I was just trying to be like, oh, you know, like, you know, you know, maybe these people aren't crisis actors that are all dying and stuff, you know, <laughs> and these two other guys walk in and I didn't know what they were doing or whatever. I'd never, never seen them there before. And uh, this place is just a, a general like there's a lot of questions going on. You know what I mean? I try not to stay too long. Um, but the. Uh, um this guy walks in and we were talking about it and stuff. And I could get the vibe immediately that they were like on some libertarian bullshit. Like, you know, the one guy's like going on about how the government shouldn't be regulating, collecting rainwater. And I was like, <laughs> Hey, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not here I, to, you know, sure, you're like, I agree with like, that. <laughs> I'm not going to join your army over it, but yeah. yeah how are they catching you? What, <laughs> yeah, how are you so egregiously is, collecting rainwater that the government tries to shut you down? <laughs> I mean, I do like, <laughs> I do do realize that like uh there are those silly laws and shit where you're like yeah you got to uh you got to fight through that stuff in order to get to like you don't you're not when you argue with the libertarian type you're not allowed to argue about the current issue that you're talking about until they have got all their pet issues before you got to go through all right. that stuff. It's like an obstacle course a little bit when you talk to one. Right. And so like, I was trying to like, I was trying to like, you know, meander my way through that path and be like, Oh no, dude, like I hear you. Like that's not, I'm not trying to regulate your rainwater either. I really don't give a shit about it, you know, but I think like, you know, saving a lot of life is important. And this one guy didn't really say anything. I, oh, yes. he starts talking about it and he's like, uh, you know, he's like, well, don't you think we should just let the curve, you know, spike all the way to the top and, you know, just let it do its thing and kill, you know, three, 4% of the population. It's only three, 4% of the population. You know, that's not, you know, I was like, what, what the fuck? You know, like, what, what are you talking about, my man? And, and, you know, I was like, I, I think, you know, we should be saving as many lives as life, you know, human lives as possible. And, you know, this is a good thing and that we shouldn't be going out. And he's like, well, that's not about free. You know, he kept going on about freedom. And, you know, I said to him, I'm like, well, I don't know how good your freedom's going to be. What if you get the virus and die, dude? Like, what good is your freedom then? Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, uh, he was talking about how he, his small business had to shut down. And I was like, well, they're, they're giving out some pretty good small business loans. You know, you might want to take advantage. And he's like, I will not be subservient to the state. I'm an anarchist. I'm like, uh, oh, here we go. You know, like I was like, all right, here we go. Like I was, <laughs> and you know, and then like, I just, I didn't even have, you know, wasn't even really trying to engage with the guy much anymore after that. I was just like, well, honestly, after I said like the, the thing about him dying, he kind of got like, you know, he was like trying to use like, and I said to him too, it was like, I'm trying to like, even like, uh, what's it called? Uh, just trying to empathize with him. I was like, yeah, man, like, uh, cause I do like uh painting contracting. And I haven't been working uh, for the last like week and a half. And I told him, I was like, I'm not working right now. He's like, well, I can tell you don't have a job. You're a communist. And I'm like, well, that's 
fuck like you don't know anything about me dude i just met you like 10 minutes ago like fuck off like yeah whatever and then he started trying to take swipes at me because he's from colorado i guess and like it was like he reverted to like a five-year-old thing he's like i was wearing a shirt from colorado that i got when i went out there and he's like oh you know, I think it's just really funny when people wear stuff from Colorado and they're not from Colorado. And I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> okay, man. God damn, okay, dude. Man. You never heard about going on vacation, motherfucker? My corny ass relatives have been wearing a shirt from every place they ever visited. The only thing they can do is go somewhere and buy a shirt that says they went there. Exactly. Like, it's, I'm from Ohio, dude. Like, that's what we do when we go places. We collect the souvenirs of the shirts. It's yeah. like a thing. Yeah, I don't, I think it's stupid because it's like, I, I don't understand that in that, uh, I mean, just being so steadfastly committed to the ideology to the point where you're like, ah, oh, man, these doctors say that I shouldn't fucking leave the house. And you're like, nope, that violates, that violates the constitution. Nope, nope, nope. That violates my freedom. It's I, I, sure. Yeah. Uh, sure, I I suppose so, but we should also listen to these people. There's no reason that my opinion should supersede the best practices of all the medical professionals around. Like, even if there wasn't a state in place, if all the doctors got together and said, hey, completely free society of, of anarchy that everybody loves, you can't go outside and you can't get together. I don't know why we would ignore that just because it would look bad on paper. I don't know because it would defy some sort of weird, uh, some sort of uh, weird dedication to freedom that we that we have. Right, and like I just like I was like, dude, I don't understand like what you're like what this big thing hard on with freedom is. Like I yeah. really just don't get it. Like I, I and I I said to him I was like. I read this study that showed that, you know, if we did nothing like you're saying, we would lose potentially up to 4.4 million Americans just in, you know, just Americans, let alone, you know, worldwide or whatever. And he was touting like China as like, he was like making a case against himself. He's like, well, in China, they don't have any new cases. I'm like, dude, do you know what they did in China? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like people weren't allowed out of their homes for 50 days. Like they're disinfecting the entire city of Wuhan, like three times a day. What are you talking about? You know, like, what, what? Like, is that what you what you know like just you know so the precious economy can be you know the market can get fed you know like, like what i don't even I, I didn't even understand what he was like it's, what kind of point other than you know freedom so i can go do whatever i want to do or you know whatever small business he owns and i was like i, I can't even engage in this conversation any further and i just yeah you know, i mean brett yeah, is so more brett is more the the right side of not right right no I, no the I, right He's I told more me conservative. TV, I told me TV. I'm the right wing of the left wing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what he is. And, and like, I mean, I probably lean a lot more left. I'm like way left. And like, I I am an anarchist. I don't want to be told what to do. I I want to live the life that I'm here to live and be fully realized. And I want every single other person in the world to also be fully realized. And uh, this is not some infringement on my freedom. No, I don't believe it's an act of fucking God. Yeah. Right. And also, I mean, if, yeah, that's perfect. If there was a, if there was a tsunami, things would close for a while. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? To. Right. Right. <laughs> if right, there was right. a fucking earthquake, right. you wouldn't, things would, a major earthquake, things would be things, fucked up. Yeah. You know? And it's like, 
when I say I say it uh not in a not because I want to be this guy that's like, you know, hey, you got to do the right thing, but like following the rules right now is is uh, is the way to go. Like just trying to follow the rules as best you can. It's not the and rules. And then when the thing ends, when this thing ends, fuck it, go for it. Do whatever I mean, the fuck you want again. I honestly consider this the marketplace of ideas. Like you just said, right. the marketplace of ideas is we can ignore this and we can lose 4 to 10% of the population or we can choose to act a different way and preserve a lot of life. I think that it's winning right. over that we should quarantine. I absolutely think that uh I absolutely think that the the all of the information is pointing in the direction of protecting the most amount of people possible and i don't think it's like the rules or i don't think that it's like authoritarian i don't think the do the do they're not even making a staying home in a way that i think is even you no. don't have to you fucking don't have to you don't have to stay home no you can do whatever you want you just can't go to a fucking concert yeah yeah, and yeah. he was trying to like throw that in my face he's like oh you're not practicing social distancing you're here right now and i'm like well i mean i'm not like I'm not going to the bar, you know what I mean? I yeah. Like, I, I guess. No, you barred your there, time. I, mean, not, I, I went to the weed guy's house. Like I bought four a... people here. It's not like it went, I could go to the grocery <sighs> store. It's the same fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's, it's you have to start, go certain places. I guess you're willing to make certain sacrifices or whatever. I mean, you know, well, I mean, I yeah, the thing about it, out, I guess, but like at the same time, why? Yeah. The thing is like, like I said earlier in the show, I mean, there's these people that think that are not going to do it. And the rest of us are going to, to do it to, right. you know, distance. And we are bargaining. Like I, I borrow, I took money off my credit card to get more weed. So I didn't have to go once a week. I love going once a week to get weed because it's like a great way to blow off steam. And I love hanging out with my guy. I love meeting all the the people there that are into states rights and libertarianism. I love meeting all the, (laughs) all the interesting folks in my weed guys, but I'm just trying to get enough to not have to come back. It's like the grocery store. I mean the same, same idea. Right. Yeah. It's not that it's not that we can't be around each other. It's just that we need to, to limit what we're doing. We need to make a decision about how often you are going to be in public or be around other folks. And, that's it's really obnoxious. I don't know. It's just so obnoxious the people that get to just run around and and they never have to apologize. No, I've they never. Really they're, not, they're not going to apologize it in May. So, he's so callously saying that you know, like I mean, when you three to four percent of the population of what the entire world, seven billion people. Right. I mean, good God, you know, you're talking about you know tens of millions of people that you're just relegating death for what? You know what I mean for the market. For, for your small business, fuck your small business. I don't get, you know, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. And if, and then like, you, you know, you're standing on your principles so hard that you're not going to go take a, a loan from the, from the government or provide some governmental assistance when they, when you need it, like, you know, don't, well, I, I mean, what, you're not going to take $1,200 coming to you either. You know what I mean? What are you going to, what are you going to do with that? You know, yeah. like, are you just going to be like, Oh, I don't accept this as a, you know, you're a sovereign citizen type person. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, it's just like, it's, it's just, it's a, yeah. it's a full, it's, a, it's like an ass almost to a point, you know, because it's like, why, why wouldn't you do that? Your heart, it's like you're harming, like, that's not a good business move. You know what I mean? Not to take that loan, you know, it's like, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? It's frustrating. Especially in economic hard time. Hey, yeah. And isn't like, the rep- yeah, 
I mean, do you have you ever like got into that argument with the ANCAPs, right? Where you say like you want this ANCAP thing, which would mean that we have to redistribute the wealth. It does. All of it to even. Because then we see how right. the marketplace Everybody works. starts with an even amount of money, and then we play this board game that's actually all of our lives hanging in the balance. Yeah, yeah. And they never... Right, right, right. They, they just think, like, no, we're going to do uh, anarcho-capitalism, and we're just going to keep it... It's like they're just caping for Jeff Bezos at that point, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... Like, I don't understand. You, you're never going to have a billion dollars. I promise you. Like you're never going to have a billion dollars. Like, can I? Can I ask you? Did he give you a bunch of uh, uh, looks like uh, like those knowing looks they give you? Like, damn, I just made a point and it kicked your ass. Because that's the worst part about uh, it. Yeah, yeah. When when he said like uh, the social <laughs> distancing thing, like that, you know, basically that I was a hypocrite. He was like, you know, basically thought he like pwned me. And then I had nothing to say. And then when I cited the INSET study, he was like, where's that study from? I was like, I could pull it up for you right now if you would like. And he's like, he's like no, that's okay. And then, like, he just kind of looked like he, like, owned me there because I didn't have, like, the exact hard data memorized or something. And I'm like, dude, there's so much, you know what I mean? Like, how the fuck am I supposed to have, like, the exact, like, source material memorized from a medical journal? I don't know, you know? They like, love I, that, I, though. I glanced at it. You know, like, fuck off. I've told, <laughs> I've know? told this story in the past, but uh, I, I, when I was training a guy at the cable company one time, he was conservative, and I was just like kind of blooming into a, a liberal, and uh, we were arguing about Iraq, and he just brought a bunch of papers in that showed that they had weapons of mass destruction uh-huh. from Newsmax.com and World Net <laughs> Daily. Uh-huh. And I looked at them, and I was like, guy, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is all bullshit, but you win. You won the fucking argument. They right. had weapons of mass destruction because they had aluminum tubes. I'm not going to print. I'm not willing to print stuff up, print stuff up at home and bring it to work. Yeah. And he was just like, well, I'm just like a right. really well-researched guy, so you should like listen to me you know what i mean it's like you're not well you're not you're dumb reading stuff all day is not doing research yeah yeah reading like the same sources all day is not doing research all right well we have to go we got to go into uh speed rounds thanks for calling in i appreciate it i'm I'm glad we got it can i plug something real quick of course of course all right so it's actually not me but it's uh for my friend ben he uh actually sent Brett, I think I sent you guys an email like maybe two, three weeks ago. I don't know if I sent it to the right. I didn't send it to Gmail, but I sent it through like on the website. But um, oh, it was uh, my friend Ben. His uh, He was working on a mixtape for like a year, and he just released it at the beginning of last month. And uh, so you could find him on SoundCloud at Hot N, like the letter N, Heavy. Uh, uh, and the mixtape is memoirs, and then you can find him at Twitter at the same thing, and then he's on IG at hot dot and dot heavy underscore music. So, okay. and uh, maybe I'll send you a follow up or something, get his play his mixtape on the uh, break or something. Yeah, at, uh, one of the following shows or something like that. I see it in here. I, I got. You. I have your email in here. I just remember okay. that. I just remember to check that address. I, I didn't even cl- include the link actually to the music i thought about it like a week after i sent it i was like oh shit i never even included the soundcloud link but um yeah so 
Well, thanks for calling in, buddy. All right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, have, have a good, good one. All right. It's speed round. Let's speed them up, man. Speed them up. Get them up. Get them down. Get them up. Get it up. Get it up. Speed down. Hey, Street Fight. How's it going? Hey, y'all. It's Arkea. How are you? Bro, oh, chaos. my God. I didn't know you were in there. You get premium status. You're yeah. VIP. You got to send a DM, Rokea. You should never have to hold. <laughs> it's okay. I don't have anything to do because we're in quarantine. Well, lockdown. I don't think I have the virus. So I do have a sore throat. So I'm kind of panicking. That's okay. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm panicking right now and I'm feeling all of the symptoms and I've taken my temperature oh, about six times during this show. Pretty normal. Yeah, I've taken my temperature every single day for three days and it's been at and around 98, 97. So I think I'm okay. Because we're, I'm in Australia, so we're going into winter. So now everyone is going to be going completely fucking crazy because we don't know whether we're just sick or we're going to die. So it's bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's really great. But it, it is not fair that y'all got to have a summer. And uh, we're sitting over uh, here thinking. Uh, really, the summers are fucking awful. I, I don't know about y'all, but I, I'm not a summer person. I, I'm a Texan and I'm an Arab. So, like, heat should be normal to me, but I fucking hate it. So, I love the winter, but now I can't enjoy it because of the plague, which is kind of horrible. But it brings me to what I actually called in for, which was to talk about drugs. Um, oh, now, this is a hypothetical yeah, this is a hypothetical situation and it's definitely not about me, but I really got into weed about three to four weeks ago oh. and smoking, it never did anything for me. I, I was the person who's like, this sucks. Nothing's happening. I expected like magic or mm -hmm. something. So a friend got me edibles and I did something incredibly fucking stupid, which was I double dosed. I took one. They're like, just take Yay. a fourth. I, I don't do nap. It. I just took a whole cookie. And nothing happened within 20 minutes, so I took another one. Yay. And then I smoked, and then I took CBD oil and THC oil. Like, literally, oh within the span of two hours. Yeah, I, I dude, I was sending people DMs that were just complete and utter gibberish. I even ordered a Nintendo Switch <laughs> and oh, no. Animal Crossing, and then it showed up, and I had no fucking idea what happened. I had bought shit without even thinking about it. Wow. wow. You know what? I, I do the same thing. Uh, my wife got paid Friday and, or last Thursday. And I was like, uh, um, well, we should really try to hold on to this money because we don't get paid till next Thursday. And then I ordered a $100 yeah. t-shirt because <laughs> I was just sitting on the couch and I was like, oh, I really want this t-shirt though, man. So I bought it. And now I'm like, and also what I do is I get high and pay the bills. And like, you oh, know, God. if you're a person that pays the bills like I do, you separate them up throughout the month so that they don't all go yeah. at one time. And every time I'm high and I pay the bills, I pay too much of the bills because I'm like, oh, damn, now the electric bill's at zero. Oh, <laughs> shit. Now the gas bill's at zero. Yeah. Car payments caught up. You know what I like? I get all excited about it in the moment. And then the next day I wake up yeah. and I'm like, okay, now I got to figure out how to live on $200. Yeah. You know? Got to get groceries. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's so yeah, that's funny. Awesome. I can't believe you got into weed. Yeah, no, it's, I know. Look, growing up in the area in Texas where I was, people that could afford weed 
just they don't come from my community. Like you had to have some kind of set amount of money to be able to afford it. Um, and I never really got into it. We also had a lot of that dare bullshit. And I don't know, I just never got into it. Then somebody turned me on to it. I went to a friend's house a few years ago. Everyone was living it. Like they were laughing, going completely nuts. Nothing happened. So I just sat there like an idiot laughing just for no fucking reason. Getting in the car, my friend looks at me and he's like, did anything happen to you? And I go, no, no, absolutely. Even the cat was high, okay? (laughs) Nothing happened to me. Yeah. Well, so whenever I tried edibles, I was like, what the fuck? I love this. It is amazing. Well, the thing that you did too, like you can say that you fucked up or whatever. And you did, you made the mistake, yeah. but I have been using weed in some form in differing amounts for my whole life since I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, I still, I do that all the time. I get myself too fucking high. Because I'm like, oh, this, it's not dialed in. It's not dialed in right, right now. I don't, I don't feel anything. So I'll just do more, you know? So I I actually did that at, we had to do a gig at a cannabis carnival. And I accidentally took 250 milligrams of weed in like 25 minutes and had the craziest time I had about a really crazy three hours. Yeah. Where it was just like, oh, man. I, I ruined the day for my wife because I made her sit in the car with me. He just put the passenger seat all the way back and just laid down <laughs> while Katie sat there and talked to him and then texted the rest of us like, I don't know. He thinks he's going to die, right? He thinks all this shit. She was just texting <laughs> saying like, he thinks he's on the verge of death. He thinks that he's not good at what he does. Oh, like He's just... <laughs> miserable right how has your wife not murdered you already or at least like kicked your ass or something you know i don't know why she loves me but she just does she just (laughs) i think it's because like she gets the the side of me that is not Mm. she doesn't live with like the guy on the radio yeah and she sees like a lot more vulnerability in me like it's it's like i don't have like I don't threat. I I love her because she's mm-hmm. so separate from my circle of people, like uh, from the people I deal with yeah. in my job and stuff like that. And and like she's just, I don't know. She's she Brett Brett calls me and her ma and pa sometimes. He used to in the past, and she really is <laughs> like cute. that. She is really like like she likes to take care of people. She likes. She likes to do things for people. She does so dishes. Like, she has dishes. And if you throw yeah. a party, she'll do the dishes, which is like, I mean, you got to be old school to do that shit. Right. Everybody else is just like, that's yeah. their problem, man. Yeah. That's how I feel, too. That's cute. But, uh, yeah. I, and you know, I think she feels speaking, like. Speaking about drugs, I, I was going to say, I've actually talked to the producer of Delete Your Account about doing an episode with y'all where Humar, myself, and y'all are just like, hi. And he, so far he, he, he said no, but I'm going to work on him because I think that would be really fun. I would love to do a stoner chat. I don't know. I, whenever I'm high, I feel like fucking amazing. And it sounds very like, I, I've been talking to people about weed pretty much every day since I got like (laughs) into it. it, And I've become that person who will not stop talking about weed. So So sweet. I love it. It's the coolest, Rokea. You're you're, (laughs) you're just always going to be the best. (laughs) Yeah. One of my faves. One one of the best people. Yes. We wanted, Brett actually, 
I mean, you could probably do it on our feed, but I want Brett. I've been talking to Brett about him doing a mini series where him and the person on the other side of the interview get ultra stoned and then talk about a different like conspiracy type thing. Oh, fuck. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, For an hour. Blunt talk. Yeah, blunt talk, and I I'm really encouraging him to to do it. Yeah, thank you to Jacob Anderson for helping. Oh hell yeah! Idea come to fruition. You we'll should, see. No, yeah. do it, do it. If, dude, fuck my producer. We I will do this on your show anytime. I I will go tomorrow and get my supply. I'm actually today within the next hour. I I called my guy and I'm like, hey, do you have any more? And he's like, didn't I see you three days ago? And I was like, dude, shut the fuck up and give me what I want. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> That's amazing. Is it legal over there? No. <laughs> not at all? In the place where I get it from? No, not at all. Only, okay, I have a condition called intracranial hypertension, and which gives me headaches. It makes my eyes hurt and all this shit. And I take medicine for it. I did a lot of research and I found out that a lot of people they actually use weed to, you know, dull the pains, which is why I started using it to begin with. So I talked to my neurologist and I told him, if you let me do it, they'll let me get it legally. But it turns out there's so many fucking just red lines that you cannot cross when accessing legal marijuana. And even if you do get access to it, he told me, he was like, it will cost you so much money. It won't be worth it. Uh-huh. And he looked at me and he said, let me put it this way. If somebody, not you, is doing it, I have no problem with it and I'll just leave it at that. So I can't do this legally, but I mean, you don't have another choice, but the condition that I have, I can't even take uh, aspirin for it because it can literally kill me because of my other medication. Wow. So they're putting people in a situation where you have no fucking choice. I, I can't take anything for the pain except this and it helps. So that's great. It's good to hear. What do you, what were the prices out there on the black market? Are you um, buying pre-made edibles or well, are you making your own? Um, the pre-made stuff, they're $50 Australian for a pack of six. Um, and they're just awful smelling stuff. It's like all natural organic, uh, cookies. And mm-hmm. then the CBD oil is $150 Australian for 50 milliliters. And the THC is $200 Australian for 50 milliliters. And then just regular, like depending on the strain or whatever, um, uh-huh. I had something called shark attack or whatever the fuck it's oh. called the other day. It was $150 for a little bag. And do not ask me about sizes because I cannot do math. So I'm just like, you're, I'm, my, my life is in your hands. Dude, take my money and give me whatever. That's basically oh. what, I, what I'm saying. Man, I want some of the shark attack. That sounds like a strain we don't get out here. No, never. Heard <laughs> I never. I don't know it's about really, shark. It's really good. It's really good. And the other one I had uh, two weeks ago was called Cinderella 99. Cinderella. I think and that was pretty good. Cinderella, so, Sleeping yeah. Beauty, any of the princess strains are absolutely fantastic. They usually have CBD mixed in with them. Those are my fucking favorite. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, no, gonna, they're really good. I love them. Do you think you're going to be excited when in about... T- seven months there is a COVID-19 strain of weed because they are definitely going to make a COVID-19 strain. I, I'll try it. I'll try it. I know. I, I'm up for anything. And yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. There was like the, I posted that in a day after somebody sent me an Instagram live or an Instagram video of a guy holding two weed packs that said coronavirus on the front of it. And they were like <laughs> that. I mean, it's yeah, funny. 
It is. We gotta have that kind of humor. Yeah. Or a, we're all gonna go crazy. That's a, it's the old Cat Williams joke. Yeah. Like where he said that 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 there's a new strain called death. He thought his guy said death. Yeah. And he was like, it's actually death. It just means you can't hear shit after you smoke it. <laughs> we we like we I want the most potent there is. The thing I Rokea, here's the thing. I've been smoking weed forever and uh-huh. I'm I'm a daily driver, so I have like a regular amount that I do during the day to get like all my work yeah. done. The thing that I love about weed is that you can always get out there. Like there's times when I'm up all night, yeah. like I eat too many edibles and it's like a bad situation. That's the reason I like it is that there is yeah. a tolerance to a degree, but then you can always fuck it up. And that's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've loved it. I get like really, really hyper and excited. And my roommate knows whenever I'm on something because I won't stop talking more than usual. And that, yeah, that's a big sign for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. No, but I'm, I'm really glad I got to talk to y'all. It's always fun listening to you guys. I'm a big fan of the show, obviously. I can't wait to have y'all back on. And yeah. Yeah, listen to delete your account. They're the best. We did a recent, we did a bonus show uh, about wrestling with Qmars last month. Yeah, with Qmars. But with yeah, you, and Qmars oh, is also really, he's always high whenever we record, literally. Oh, yeah, so. We know. We've yeah, he's, seen him. I have to say, it would be mm-hmm. fun to do a stoner thing with him because I think he can go toe to toe with me. Like he is, he is on another level. Oh, I don't doubt it. Let's do I it. I don't Let, doubt it. So we gotta we gotta do something soon. We gotta make blunt talk happen. We're gonna make it happen. Brett has time to do it. I he do. can yeah. wait until late at night so he doesn't have to parent or anything <laughs> and just I think people would fucking go nuts for that show. Like stoned uh yeah, I've, stoned. Stoned Yeah, uh, I've, I've, that would be fucking amazing. Stoned Art Bell sounds like a perfect podcast. Way to do Smart it. people talking about <laughs> Art Bell type shit. Thanks for calling, Rokea. Listen Hell to yeah. delete your account. No Not worries. you. Have a nice else. night. Though. Have a nice night. I want to. I do have to say, I, I I try to bring it up whenever I can, but literally delete your account kept Street Fight floating. Yes. I used to get payday advances from delete your account when I lived in D.C. and there wasn't enough money to go around. Our Patreon was like five hundred dollars, and I would used to reach out to delete your account, and they would give us a front on it and let me pay them back. They've it was always been fucking real. And they're they're really great, and what they do is so great. And Roca- Rock Shams, she's one of the best. Yeah, she is. R O Q C H A M S on Twitter. I I'm one of my favorite. All right, next one. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Hey, Howzy. what's up? Howzy. Howzy with an S. Holy sh- Wait, does that work? It's you. <laughs> if you're having an existential yeah, nice. crisis, okay, you cool. are indeed hey. me right now. Hey, it's Scotty from Minneapolis. What's Howdy. up, Scotty? How's it going tonight? Going all right. Um, I'm still working five days a week. And, uh, Ain't shit changed? You get hazard pay, at least. I'm a, I'm a cook in a homeless shelter. Oh, okay. So okay. That, is, uh, that hasn't stopped. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. It's been, it's been pretty crazy, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's that's hard to do. Um, you know, not a lot has changed for me because I do work from home, and this is you know what I do all the time. Um, but I I have been yeah. pondering like the people that are just expected to go to work right now. I can't imagine. I would drive myself nuts going to work and being like, should I really be here? Am I essential? How essential am I? You know. Yeah. But you're you're doing you are yeah, doing like- important stuff. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm glad I'm doing it, you know, in a way, because 
if there was ever a time to be helping people, it's right now. But at the same time, I'm every day I'm going to work in a in a shelter where we can't really account for where everybody's been. It's a petri dish in a way, you know, and you, you just don't know. Like, I'm just kind of counting down the days until once there's a confirmed case in the building, you know, it's a whole different story. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. But I agree. we're going to hazard pay in the meantime, at the very least. So Yeah, that's great. Well, doing Food Not, like, Bo- Food Not Bombs has had, I've had some weird, I've had some weird visions of the future where I imagine being at Food Not Bombs and there's like hundreds, the, the more, there's going to be more and more people that need the services of Food Not Bombs. It's just going to become this gigantic fucking thing. And I can just imagine yeah. it like being the place where uh, somebody that's, that has it spreads it very easily. Like we're doing everything we can and practicing stuff. I mean, we can't stop doing this. You can't stop feeding these people. Um, but uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. at the same time, you find yourself in this middle ground where you, you don't have the support, uh, you don't have, there's not a support structure in place. You have to kind of make it yourself or, you know, when you're doing something like feeding homeless people, like no, nobody is, no one wants to do, no one wants to spend money or time or attention or figure out how they can spend more money on something like that, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. No, exactly. And like, I'm in a situation where the people that live in my building, they, they live there full time. Like mm-hmm. they're okay. uh, there for a few months. So it's not like a soup kitchen, right? It's, it's a residence, but they, it's still, um, it's, it's the real frustration is, is with like upper management, which is maybe no surprise. It's a nonprofit that I work for. So they're like, <laughs> they, um, you know, I was off, you know, I take the weekend off and then I come back and I'm kind of expecting like, Hey, maybe we're using disposable dishes or maybe, sure. you know, like we would kind of be making steps forward as far as ensuring the safety of not just me, but we have volunteers that work here too. Mm-hmm. So like we got to, we don't know where they're going. We don't know. And we go on a, a lot of them are retirees. So they're not, they're older people. Right. We got to ensure their safety too. And we're getting like, <laughs> they're, I come back after a weekend, the whatever, like three weeks ago and everything shut down, you know, I come back and it all, only thing that they've done is like put a flyer that say like, wash your hands, mm-hmm. which we're a fucking kitchen. We're supposed to wash our hands. Like that's not like, they're not telling us to do anything different than what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and I don't, it's been frustrating in that sense. Like they're, they're, um, I don't know. They're not, I don't think they're really looking out for people. And I don't know. I mean, I understand it's probably frustrating from top to bottom in this organization, but what's the, what's the temperature know. of your coworkers? What's it? Are, what are your coworkers thinking? Are there, do they want more precautions? Are they just trying to get through the work week? Yeah. I'm, I'm 30 and I'm the youngest person that works there. Oh God. And so they're like, they've got more concerns than I do even. Okay. I don't have kids. I'm married, but that's it. Like I've got people who've got families. They're some of them are like semi-retired, you know, and they they kind of cook part time or something like that. And they they don't like yeah, they they're all pretty freaked out too. And it really so far no one none of them on staff has gotten sick, but once one person gets sick, that stretches the staff out so thin. And yeah, I mean a lot of it you know, it's only a matter of time, I think. Yeah, that's true. That, I mean, that's absolutely true. I, I saw um, I saw Bernie Sanders, a video on Facebook that he was putting out there that said, 
Like we need to protect the people in our hospitals. We need to protect first responders because if they get it and they die, who the fuck is going to take over for them? You know, like if we have, we can't just go and cough all over the grocery store people or the foods, the people making our food, they need to be protected. You know, like they're, we, we, we can't just let this thing play out. Um, everyone has to step up and make a more serious effort during this. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, I'm, I've been working there for a long time and you would, I've never gotten sick. I've never contracted anything. It's, I don't actually interact with that many people, all things considered. I spend most of my time by myself cooking. And then, you know, I interact with people as they come in. So, like, I, you know, I think I'm doing okay. But at the same time, like, I've, it's the volunteers that I kind of worry about. That's people. And they're calling on volunteers right now because we're going to need extra help as time yeah. goes on. But that's just this weird, uh, you know, population of people we're going to have to be drawn from. Most of them are retired or people who are working from home right now. And every once in a while, I have a volunteer kind of in passing, they're like, Oh, you know, and I'm, I gotta go babysit my granddaughter. I'm like, why are you, why are you here right now? Or like, why, you know, you got to pick between the two of things or something like that. Yeah. But it's, it's been pretty crazy. Um, I know you guys are over time. I just, one last thing I want to do that's not pertinent to my job, but I should just want to get out. Um, I'm lucky cause I'm a cook who works for an organization and that, keep me employed through this i'm in higher demand right now if anything but there's a bunch of cooks that are unemployed in minneapolis in particular 190 restaurant workers who are employed by kim bartman who owns seven restaurants in the twin cities and she has not paid any of them in the past two weeks and she's currently under investigation by the attorney general but um i would appreciate it if anybody's listening right now looked up kim bartman looked up the bartman group found out the names of her restaurants. If you're from the Twin Cities, don't go to them ever again because she, she deserves at least to, to finally get nailed down for this one. Yeah. Um, she's had a long history of not treating the employees of those restaurants well, holding paychecks, um, not acknowledging some abuse situations from management, from you know, middle managers and stuff like that. And she's not handling the situation well right now at all. And the attorney general is looking into it, and that's really great. But um, has she given an explanation? People that are waiting on paychecks. Has she given an explanation? Just real generalized stuff about hard times for everybody. You know, usual. Um, Sure. Just fire them so that they can get unemployment. Like that's the fucking thing you do now. And then I don't even know if she's she's probably said that. I know like. People who are getting emails from her are post- posting them on online and stuff, but um, she says, yeah, paychecks are not going to be available anytime soon. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't know. She's got to take out at two of her seven restaurants, so that's not enough. I don't know. It's it's dicey. Send and it to me. Can that's you a send bunch of people? Can you send me all the info to on Twitter so we can do it on the basement show? Um, shit, I'm not online, but, um, Oh, okay. Congratulations. Well, (laughs) don't fucking flex on us like that. Yeah. You enlightened motherfucker. Can you tell me, uh, is there like a, um, ah, jeez. We can look it up. Kim Barton. Give me a Kim Barton is the name. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll find it. We'll dive Um, into it. There's like a street fight email, isn't there? Yes. Yes, there is. Um, 
Yeah, okay. Street Fight I, Radio. I do have an email. That's and, fine. I can do that. So uh, actually, yeah, send, um, it, send it to brianq66 at gmail.com because that's the one I'll get. And it won't be in yeah. the middle of a bunch of business stuff. The okay. rest of you yeah, don't I'll, email um, me, please. I'll send I don't it to you guys. Them. And just like follow, follow her name. If you look on the Minneapolis Reddit, if you look on this, um, our local like uh, weeklies, uh, weekly papers stuff, you'll find some links. People have been posting, and if you yeah. kind of track it down, you can find it. She, Minneapolis. Uh, it sucks. It, and I know people who work in those restaurants, and I've been to those restaurants, and she's one of those people that um, <laughs> there are a lot of sustainable restaurants. There are green restaurants and stuff like that, but the uh, staff oh, are not getting treated no. well at all. Yeah, the truth, they're always this. They're always this. Yeah. It's always we treat the animals yeah. with dignity and respect, but the workers like fucking animals. Yeah, they're on yeah. their own. They're yeah. not a fucking animal. They're Absolutely. human. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's just Minneapolis is it sort of a, likes to think of itself as a progressive city, and it is in a lot of ways. And overall, I'd say we're handling things pretty well here, but yeah, no, her restaurant's really trendy because you you eat outdoors and you can sit next to the food you're eating and that, that kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. in the garden and all that stuff. But like, they have a larder. Gotta, they go get food out of the larder instead of a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. And that's, we're close to 200 people who are going without paychecks right now because of her. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That could get put out more. I mean, just online because I'm not online. I'm powerless in this situation. If you, yeah, if anybody who's listening and you guys could spread that out a little bit more, yeah, a little bit yes. more, that'd be great. For sure, the best we can. We'll signal it, it's fucked up. I'm just, I'm just lucky that I applied for a job at a nonprofit when I did, and I'm not. I'm a kid working at a restaurant right now, one of her restaurants. You yeah. know, which statistically, at some point, I probably would have ended up at Minneapolis. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would cool. love to. I would love um, to report on stuff like this. I if I can get uh, again, I want to put this call out to anybody who's still listening. Uh, send us internal emails. Feel yeah. We'll keep you anonymous. We we'll really to, are gonna. I'll go to court for it. Y- why? Journalistic integrity. I want to have like I want to yeah. go to court and say <laughs> I will not reveal where I got those Pizza Hut emails. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I want to read these on the show because I, I, I do think that, like, I do think it's important that it be out in the public what these what these bosses are doing. So, thank you. Thank you for calling in. Yeah. And uh, hipping us to yeah. Kim Barton. And I wanted to I wanted to, to give to say to people, uh, I just found out about this today. But if you go to R.E.R.F. dot U.S. The National Restaurant Association is doing a restaurant employee relief fund. So if you work for a restaurant, if you're in the industry, you can get up to $500 uh, sent to you. This is this was established by Guy Fieri. Who oh, God, I love him. Looks so like much. an asshole. Annoying, you know, overall, like, I stopped aesthetic. being annoyed by him now, then the aesthetic, and just been like, it's just... You know he, what started, like? he started as annoying. We yeah. judge a book by its put. A cover. Then we found out that he like marries LGBTQ people. He loves vegan food, and he's not an actual asshole. He's just more flashy than the rest of us. He's like a Disneyland mascot. Yes, that's all it is. He is know? the most epic kitchen chef that yeah you could have. I love him. I heard some funny stories. Remember this when I worked in kitchens, there was always a guy that had the pepper pants. 
Yeah, yeah. Like you could like so when you work as a chef, they just hand you white and black. There would always be people that were really into the industry that would buy their own chef pants and shit. And they always were like flexing with some custom. And you didn't work at no fucking no, I worked fine at dining establishment. Not at all. It's not even a single time. You don't need the chef pants chains. when you're working at motherfucking chains, dude. Yes. I did know a guy that wore them at uh, the Olive Garden. Olive uh, Garden. Yeah. He wore them every. The pepper ones? The pepper ones. They were so good. His dad. Oh. I'm going to get some for hanging around the house. The pepper chef pants. Yeah, his How dad was the run? general manager. Pepper chef pants. Pepper. Don't start wearing pepper she- chef pants. It's like. It's Valor thing. and Is it? Well, I guess it's like me wearing Carhartt pants. And it is. At there you go. At this point, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you wear, the, you wear the fucking fashionable ones. You don't wear workwear. Nah. I mean, that stuff is uh, uh, not very comfortable or cool. The, yeah. That's the problem. The workwear. I wore the workwear for a number of years. Right. And uh, I, I'll tell you this. They make really great. Thick hoodie jackets that you can get at Meyer that they wick rain away mm-hmm. and snow and they keep you warm. And okay. I highly recommend. Go to Meyer's for you, all of your car hair. Well, needs. I mean, whatever the sto- story is, but they only cost like 30 bucks or something too. And it's affordable. One of the best purchase. One of the best purchases I made. Go ahead. We got three in the chat. We're over. We're in overtime right now. We're going to take care of everybody that called in. So stay on the line. We will get to you. For those watching on the stream, here's the note I wrote to Brett. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's you. Hey, it's your boy. It's your boy, uh, young um, weed waffles. Oh, weed oh waffles! God, weed this waffles? is great. Is this a star-studded cabaret yes. of celebrities Woo-hoo-hoo. this week. This is great. I'm All so right, happy. I'm, I'm gonna just say this off break. Uh, again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for helping me with the, um, uh, whole, you know, refugee thing with my, uh, coworker who is in ICE. Yeah. We got him out. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, funny story about that. Um, you gotta... yeah, I got fired from that job, but for a good reason, because basically, to make a long story short, our that job was probably going to get shut down anyway, if not after this whole shutdown. Uh-huh. Basically, the Department of Labor and a bunch of other stuff has been going on there. What no one likes to talk about is because the place keeps hiring some of the most biggest fuck-ups in there. Like, uh-huh. not even, like, encouragable fuck-ups. Like, I, and I actually said this to one of the, like, older cooks who's, like, a straight-up convict. Like, dude was, like, in San Quentin, and he's less of a fuck-up than the younger guys they keep hiring who are, like, an actual legitimate detriment to the place because he is cool people. The people they were hiring were, like, were already un- they were already under investigation by the Department of Labor. They were hiring jackasses who were, like, straight up doing shit that was going to get the place sued. Like, there were points when, like, they would have, like, straight up, like, cops playing those cops doing raids on the places because the idiots wouldn't stop selling like hard drugs out of the back. It's one thing to sell weed out of a restaurant. Everybody knows that one weed dealer at a restaurant sure. or one or two. Everyone knows that one, that guy. Everybody knows one, right? Like everybody, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I usually, but, um, what I would do is buy an ounce and then sell to people at work that were in need. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, always yeah, my yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but here's the thing. I got tired of it because it was one thing where, like, I knew I needed to get because I'd been there on and off for, like, 10 years. And I was starting to get to the point where it was kind of like getting towards, like, the first act of, um, of a fight club. Okay. Except I didn't have, like, a Tyler Durden experience. I just sort of just had my day where I finally just beat the shit out of the one guy there that I had the most problems with at the time, told everybody <laughs> about themselves, and just got the fuck out. Because uh-huh. the final part was just... The final part was I told one of the guys there who was a, just this annoying-ass, like... He's just this annoying-ass, like, straight-up Zionist dude that I'm without getting too much exposition. He's just one of those guys who's like really into Zionism because he's really insecure about how he looks. Like if you want an idea what he looks like, imagine um, Adam from come town, but like actually ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, like imagine that, like he's one of those guys and it doesn't help that like the one manager, the one that when I finally did get into the fight and tried to like back me up, keep me from getting fired. He's actually like, it's literally like the virgin versus Chad meme, like the virgin, like, you know, straight up like Ben Shapiro tier Zionist versus like, you know, this tall Chad ass Palestinian dude who like, who like everybody loves talking. And before anyone says, Oh, you're interested. No, I don't hate, anyone just because you're Jewish. There's a problem when you're like actually back in actual ethno state. Keep in mind, I'm of Algerian descent. We don't have the best history with the Israeli government whenever we go anywhere near their fucking border. Sure. So, I have a reason to not have a lot. I've met a, there's Jewish people in my family. Even they don't like Israel. Right. I mean, granted, they're also half black, so that's probably why they don't. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an intersection. <laughs> Joe Biden, King of Blacks, and the kind of saying like, "Well, you got to probe the Jewish homeland." No, it's not a Jewish homeland. It's somebody's got to hold the government accountable when they're like doing you know, human rights violations. You know, like Turkey. Actually, using the whole thing of Turkey to circle back to the main story, the part where the guy at the job who was like really Zionist started to, like fuck up was he tried to defend Turkey. Now, this is where he fucked up. The management and the owners of the restaurant where we work at are all Greek. So you can probably guess where this is going. Like, like, do I have to explain this to all the everyone listening? Like, you know, trying to defend uh, Turkey's crimes against the Greeks to Greece. Come on now. Does I really have to explain it? Anyway, point is, he fucked up. I finally had enough of this. The part where I finally snapped that day is when the power went the fuck out and we had to bring a bunch of stuff outside because all the freezers were broken down. And part was, I got tired of this one dude there who's like the food runner because our elevator doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically, this is what happened. I was upstairs on the roof. I was a busser at the time. I finally had enough of this little idiot because he was so here's what happened. Here's what I finally just finally just fucked up. He fucked up. Now I automatically end up being like the default, like one of the older dudes, because I'm like almost thirty. All the other guys are like, you know, early to mid twenties. So I'm older than all of them. Mm-hmm. So I and I'm also like not really like 
that big in terms of like stature. Like I always make the joke that I look like uh Brace Belden if he was if he was Algerian. Okay. Okay. Like, Brace just found out on Bald. Huh? <laughs> Brace just found out on Bald he this didn't know? week. It was a yeah, I was like, who wears a fucking hat all the time that's not bald? Get out of here, you know? Like that's pretty much what it looked like. Just imagine like Brace, but like but like we're like Flip Wilson's skin tone. Sounds handsome. Though. <laughs> like that's yeah. the best. Oh fuck yeah! I, like before I left that restaurant, I fucked a bunch of those of the waitresses there. Lovely oh. girls. Actually, before I left, I stole a bunch of the toilet paper before the shutdown and gave it to them. Very wise. Very wise. <laughs> well, oh, weed waffles. Yeah. We're into overtime now. Ah, uh, so well, 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 I'll just finish oh, the story. Okay. Like, this. yeah, yeah. Broke go the ahead guys and I'll bring it fairly this. Broke, broke the guy's arm in three places because he basically did the Trump special of grabbing one of the witches by the pussy and oh. sort of like yoga pants. And after that, Yikes. it was just like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> and just broke, a, just broke a tray over his head And after that. Hell yeah. I love it. And that's cool. That's an excellent response. Well, thanks for calling, buddy. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to get off work. <laughs> Oh no! One last thing. One last thing. Okay. Okay. I need to know if I can send you guys a. I need to know if I can send you guys a link to this uh, pirate uh, Plex server I'm going to. What movies? I'm trying to like get these out. I got nothing but time. I'm trying to like get some pirates and movies and like get them to you guys so you can like do some stuff for like your uh, Patreon for like commentary and shit. You have your own Plex. You have a Plex server. I'm setting that son of a bitch up. I just need to know where I can send you guys a link. Okay. Yeah, just send send an email to us or contact us on any of the pages and let me know. I, I already have a Plex that I we started sharing uh, the Street Fight group on Facebook. We now have access to everybody's library, so we're we're spreading as much as we can. So I, I'd love to to see what you got in there. I don't have anything yet. I just have some stuff on DVD. Like the stuff I know I have on DVD is shit. It's like old black movies like New Jack City and uh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love and Bamboozled. You know, stuff like that. All right. Good stuff. So, yeah. That's what I know I have on art to upload. So for just where do I, can you put in like the, uh, the chat for um, Twitch a link that I can send you guys to? Because that's what I'm watching the stream on. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think we can. I think we can do that. What do you need? An email address to invite to your library? Yes, I need an email address because once because I'm in the other room right now, literally um, setting up a new computer because I said fuck it, I'm going to do this new operating system. So the other one in there is like running Fedora 31. So that's how I'm Ooh. making sure this shit's secure as fuck. All right, just send it to brett.payne84 at gmail.com. I guess we're all giving out uh, our personal emails on this fucking show. Is this, that's the yeah, theme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to check my email right now. <laughs> it's probably full. Yeah, just uh, my Plex right. name is, is brett.payne84 at gmail. Put it in the chat. Yeah, I'll I put it in there. I write down with, so. I'm, yeah, yeah I'm putting, you, I just need to put that in the chat so I can come back. All got right. it. We got it. We we get it in there for All you. Right. Thank so, you. I'm gonna get out of here on my last note. Uh Sheriff Wigglesworth in Ingham County, you were a fucking fascist. I'm out. Thanks. Yeah. Weed Waffles. See you later, buddy. Hear from you later. Right. Weed Waffles. Weed Waffles is like he's one of our uh 
I don't know. Unstoppable just, force he's of nature. An unstoppable force of nature. He worked at a vape store. He, he is the voice of the people. Well, he called. So I don't. He didn't even. I don't even think he elaborated on what happened. But there was somebody that tried to fight him at his job that he didn't want to press charges against because ICE was looking for them and he was trying oh, to like yeah. squash the beef behind the circ behind the scenes. And I believe what he alluded to was that uh, that guy was not apprehended by ICE. Um, there was money sent. There was a fundraiser that we, we linked to. So uh, apparently street fighters helped his lawyer, or whatever it was, but uh, nice. thank you. We waffles for rushing yeah, in hey, like that. Man, it's, it's weed waffles in the house. Thanks for calling street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, uh, this is, uh, let's go with schmuck face from New Jersey. How's it going? Okay. What's up? Schmuck face. Uh, <laughs> Not a whole lot. For, uh, sorry if I stammer a little bit. Uh, I got to say, Brian, uh, your recommendation uh, for a Kratom source is, uh, is top notch. Yeah, it's my favorite off one. Guard. It's a good one. They are good. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to uh, give it away. White tie, um, I think. The white tie. You're doing it right. That's my shit. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's the first like strain from the first vendor that's like kind of. I don't know, um, mm, mm, got me fucked up on Kratom in a while, I guess, so thanks. Yeah, it's the good stuff. And they, they like, have it tested and shit, which is nice, you know? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. The, I mean, I already got so much uh, goddamn mercury in my brain, probably from, like, amalgam fillings that uh, I could do with a little less heavy metal exposure at this point. So yeah. I, I certainly appreciate all that. I need more heavy metal um, exposure, but like have, actual yeah, heavy metal. Yeah, yeah. I want the good heavy metal. I want uh, not the one that you know makes me not be able to see straight, but like the one Megadeth. Uh, you headbang to basically Brett's yeah. favorite band, Megadeth. 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 <laughs> um, loves Megadeth uh, well, I don't want to. I don't want to hold you all up. Um, I know it's. Uh, you know, I want to respect your time here. Um, I just wanted to, uh, if y'all don't mind, well, mention something, I guess, that was in the news, um, just because it's um, uh, one of the scariest things I've seen in a while, I guess, but um, also um, plug a potential, like, collaborative project uh, with other Street Fighters. If anyone's down, I'm trying to um, kind of make, like, a low-key, like, essentially just talk people uh online like meet up with people uh via discord or instagram or whatever it is and kind of have like um like off the record but recorded conversations uh with folks and then like um like i make music and do all this stuff so like uh kind of layer it and and edit it and kind of make sound bites sort okay. of like almost like ad busters like ads okay. and like tr like trippy videos and all stuff but have it be like people's um kind of uh more uh, honest opinions more raw opinions if that makes any sense from that kind of just come out of like private co conversations yeah you're looking um, for you're looking for a candid opinion about something that somebody would say about their job that isn't going to be attached to their name Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess more like, mm, 
I got a problem with thinking a little too like big picture, I think. And like, in terms of like, um, uh, how, you know, if everyone wants revolution, everyone wants change and, and all stuff. Like I try and like stress my brain as much as I can to like kind of think of in small ways how people can kind of like extend beyond like their, their own immediate stock in life to kind of like influence other people in positive ways. So I think specifically like it's more like what I'd want to talk to people about is more like if, if this COVID-19 situation is like a lot of what a lot of people are saying online, uh, 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 an opportunity for like leftists, you know, the silver lining of like, oh, the narrative, the regular narrative of, um, you know, capitalism so great, it's the best we got, all this stuff um, is now kind of smashed to pieces, like to like a lot of, you know, otherwise um, not radicalized people. Like, I feel like this is a good time for like us as leftists to kind of like squeak in that crack and like explain like our world that we want and kind of like do our own narrative building now that like the one that's dominated everyone's headspace for who you know last hundred years or whatever um it's kind of not as strong uh, as it was just a few weeks ago if that makes any sense i agree i mean i i'm not i mean i i know there's a lot of people that are rushing for like general strikes and like rent strikes and i'm not one of the mm. i'm not trying to stop any from doing that i do think mm. that it's good advice to have an organizational like uh, something established before that but at the same time, there's mm-hmm. also no other opportunity than that we've ever had where people are willing to hear or listen or can blatantly see how much, yeah. um, you know, the status quo has failed us on this. Yeah, uh, I agree 100 percent. I mean, I've posted stuff up about the the rent strike uh, for April 1st. And I and of course, like you said, if anyone's like, you know, got boots on the ground and is moving in that direction, like uh, uh, would supported all the way but i feel like in some ways like just building just getting the idea out there is in some ways like more long term like a like a strategic angle strength that like the left can work towards right now than like literally like rent striking not to tell anyone not to do it but like you know i think it's a really good time for people to like think critically and like really kind of figure out what we want to sell the public if if we want to like come out the other side of this with like positive change for a change Mm. yeah i mean so go ahead no you're you're fine I, i i i i was gonna say that like you know i have talked a lot about our opportunity right now but I think it's going to take more than just like, I, I don't know that somebody can just walk into the grocery store and get everyone to agree to strike. Or I don't know. I mean, I think you could get smaller strikes and I think you could make it happen, but like you got to understand the mindset of somebody who's working in a job like a service job and living paycheck to paycheck and uh, is is totally afraid of their boss and doesn't understand how a union works. And because Mm -hmm. listen, nobody ever explained to me how a union worked until I did street fight. That's not civic duties or anything. That's not Mm -hmm. part of like a, a, 
that's not a part of humanities class in high school. Yeah, so, like, I didn't even really understand how a union worked, and, like, you know, also, you know, the major unions can't encourage wildcat strikes, so there's that issue, and, like, there's also the part where you have to make a strike fund, and you have to have somebody get, where there's a strike fund, you have to get somebody to figure out how to, uh, uh, administer that and that's also a very difficult task like these aren't tasks mm -hmm. i am not saying that it's impossible but yes. i am saying the idea that we could walk into a burger king and get them to strike is, is not way more yeah. likely right now it's maybe more likely Everything now is in but our, what are you gonna do what so you're gonna go in and be like yeah. listen guys you have a lot of power you're being defeatist sure mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. Uh, I, I mean, not to, not to, you know, wedge myself in between your, y'all's two angles, but I, I do agree with you, uh, Brian, that like, I mean, I, I start from the standpoint thinking about this stuff that like, yeah, I worked in, in retail and grocery stores for a decade. Every one of my jobs has been, uh, either manual labor or otherwise, like the first on the chopping block. I mean, I'm unemployed right now. Uh, because of this stuff. Um, and, you know, people like the pressing, like the thing in capitalism is, is everyone's life is so fucking wrapped up in like all of this extraneous abstracted nonsense of just like all the, like you have to run like a business just to like be a living person in the world. Like the a average people uh, d don't have time to be dealing with this stuff, you know, and, and we haven't been able to like, I don't know, like, you gotta, like, get everyone on the same page, like, all at once for, like, a lot of these things, whether it's micro or macrocosm, to, like, be pulled off and, like, to put the responsibility on average people to, like, go in and, and say, I'm gonna organize and strike, like, it's someone's whole life that's on the line in those situations. And I think that, like, str like, strategy and narrative building is something that everyone can do and everyone can participate in. Um, if, if like, we're like clever in, in new ways, yeah. I mean, the world is kind of like a surrealist, like uh nightmare right now. And I feel like we're still trying to think a little too rational. Um, and I think what's a little more, um, uh, uh, precipitated by like the current situation for average people, especially in America is like to kind of think like we're in a carnival. You kind of got to start with like carnival logic in some ways to like, counteract like judo the thing you know i mean i i feel like and it's, again i feel like I, it's momentum and i think that now is the time uh i think that there is a lot of momentum building and that if you're if you're going to be the one person in your apartment complex that doesn't pay their rent and calls it a rent strike they're just going to kick you out on the fucking streets um if you mm -hmm. can spend the afternoon talking to people and the point is, like what you were saying, it is hard to organize a Burger King. It's a lot easier to org organize a Burger King right now. Like, I think that now for sure there is the Overton window has shifted in a very big way that, no, I don't think that we should all do rent strike if we're just going to be the only person that gets evicted from our thing. But now is the time when we do have things moving in our direction. We have momentum. You can go knock on all of your neighbor's door you could spend an afternoon it's like the same thing as doing like this is where the skills that happen from trying to get a democrat elected aka bernie sanders all of that phone banking and all of those like door-to-door -door knocking and canvassing you did now you can take those skills and move them in towards 
into real world mm-hmm. things that affect your daily day life that aren't just trying to get a president elected to solve all the problems for us. Like now is the yeah, time that I, we, we can have conversations. Now is the time when people are shaky about their opinions on capitalism. And this is the, <laughs> this does foster the kind of conversations and is fertile ground for building the revolution that we all want to see. This is a, absolutely an opening, an opening that we need to strike on, <laughs> but it can't be stupid. It, it can't just be like, if you go to work, you're a fucking traitor, you're a scab because that's not, that's yeah. not where we're all at right now. You know? Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the thing about the Bernie Sanders campaign uh, that's uh, I'm I'm glad you brought it up is like because what, exactly what you're talking about. I feel like um like there's a big it, this has nothing to do with leftism, but just like the cultural understanding of like what optimism means versus it, like and what people think pessimism means is such that um like you can't entertain like the primary goal failing. So like, I feel like six months ago, everyone who um, has been like going for it with Bernie Sanders, the conversation should have been started, you know, six months ago uh, about like what happens if and when he gets fucked. I mean, it happened before. And so like, why not, you know, not to take power away from like the campaign itself, but like, why not at the same time be thinking about like alternate strategies that we can pivot to so that like when it, when the, when the thing, if it does, uh, uh, doesn't work out, like we don't, um, like all look like losers with, with nothing else to do. You know, yeah. if it's all wrapped up in the competition, I feel like, um, we need, we need staying power in like what we're doing. And I think what you just suggested is exactly like a, a, a thing that for people to keep in mind, like these are skills, not just like a unidirectional like project that if it doesn't work out, um, we've lost in some way, you know, so much has been gained by the Sanders campaign that I don't want to see just dissipate because, right. uh, because he's not the president or whatever. Yeah, and, and this is this is building those relationships. This is getting over that. This is getting over the hump of of knocking on your neighbor's door and and hearing what they think about politics. This is, I mean, Sanders tapped into everything that is being revealed right now, and this is the time to be more open and out there and start discussing things in a way that we haven't before. You know, I yeah. mean, and. and I don't know. In a way, I guess I'm hopelessly optimistic in that I see the I see how regular people get shook up, even the assholes, even the, you know, self-centered conservatives, you know, and caps or whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of them get have been shook up by this thing and are seeing the cracks and are are way more mm-hmm. open minded at this point. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uncertainty in the air. And um, we've seen we've seen a path to, to we've seen a path to uh success on the coronavirus uh thing and it has been set by countries that have you know healthcare countries that have uh, a mm-hmm. society that revolves around helping people out and has safety nets you know in place mike mm-hmm. dewine the governor mm-hmm. of ohio just was saying uh after this is all we done, we, after this is all done, we got to start talking about healthcare in America. Yeah, yeah. Our, our governor, our our Republican governor, is like, I think, I think our fucking healthcare mm. system is fucked up. Now that I look at it, you know. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I mean that's that's 
wonderful. I mean, that's the stuff that gives me help. I mean, seeing rent strikes, like for the first time, not just being organized and like publicized online, but like I'm seeing like tools being distributed and like packaged, you know, kind of primers on like how to do this. If you're interested in this sort of thing being uh, passed around and like, all like, I don't, I don't want to take away from like anything that you're saying. I, I agree a hundred percent. It's just like, I don't want like, look, the gears of industry are such that like, it's, it's going to be a Hail Mary to come out immediately after this thing. Um, and like be in a, in a world that any, uh, more resembles like one that we're going, it's not, it's totally doable, but like to bank on that, I don't, I don't want people to then be like create that then creates the space, uh, in my mind for people to become even more depressed, uh, when it doesn't happen and like defeat it, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I think we like it's, it's more helpful to me to like have, um, f- like failure as an option on the table because it, ha- especially for leftists, it happens way more often. Uh, then it doesn't. And I think adjusting ourselves to that reality and like the, the massivity of the thing that we're up against um, and the humility that comes with that, like there's strength in that. It's not like, oh, it's so hard. I'm going to give up. But like, um, you know, there's 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 always something to to be gained. Um, I don't like I don't want to keep rambling on and like, um, no. you know, keep keeping you guys. Uh, no, on this the is phone, needed. But I, like. This was needed on the show. I appreciate um, the call. I'm sorry, what was that? I said this was absolutely a needed conversation on the show, and so I appreciate the call. Uh, I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, it's uh, uh, vin- helping me vindicate the past, like, two weeks of, uh, uh, I don't know, curling up in a ball and, and just, like, thinking until I have a headache. Um, the thing in the news that is scary to me and I think is very relevant to this, did you all see that um, uh, the, the EPA uh, suspended all of its guidelines and it's, and it's just like in a, in a press release was like, oh, pretty much like the gloves are the gloves are off for industry. There's no there's no there's not going to be any EPA enforcement and right. there's not going to be any um, like uh, requirements for companies to even monitor how they're not or what, like what they're doing. So retroactively, like they can't be held accountable for shit either. And that's happening at the same time that like oil is like cheaper than it's been in Mm -hmm. like, you know, since the decade or 15 years or whatever. Um, that's a very scary, uh, prospect. And I don't know, that just like represents to me, like, um, uh, the, the real, um, like demon that that we're up against that like in this time of crisis like the yeah. the floodgates are opening in these ways yeah. um that's you know what, there and is, it has nothing to do with us there's of course lots of problems there is lots of things to worry about i i do have to say that in this time though the next door app has turned from like some casual racism into like full mutual aid like i i hmm. for me I feel I do understand the apprehension of people like rushing into some of these like very radical actions, feeling that, you know, we're not ready for them. And and I completely acknowledge that. But at the same time, I have felt in this moment that if you push 
humanity into crisis, they care about each other a lot more. Like people step up, people are more concerned than they've ever fucking been right yeah. now. And people are willing oh, to do yeah. more than has ever been asked from them in their entire fucking lives. And, and so in a way I, if I feel like that uncertainty, the more that we can push ourselves towards uncertainty, mm. we're going to get in there and fill in the cracks. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 you know, a privileged fucking podcaster that is not trying to tell people to risk their livelihood or anything like that. I just have to say the tendency of humanity is one that's more towards camaraderie than it is towards, uh, you know, selfishness. Mm-hmm. In my, that's what I've seen. Yeah, that, that's why I believe in anarchy. It doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. This shit's going to happen eventually. It's got to. Like, it's yeah. like I, people are just going to, anarchy is just what happens when g- goddamn uh, structures of power get out of the way. People find each other and people help each other. It's not that hard, you know, figuring shit out at the end of the day. It's just the fucking, it's getting the thing that stands in our way from that thing uh, that we call anarchy uh, is is the issue. It's right. not even the problems themselves so much. Well, thanks for calling um, in. I appreciate it. Do you have a, a Twitter or a sure. Twitch or something you're trying to, to want to promote? Yeah, if people are interested in like talking, like I'm I'm a provocateur. Uh, I I can't like I feel like um, if I'm willing to take the hit of somebody like thinking I'm an asshole um, in order to like provoke thought i i can't help but do it so like Mm -hmm. if anyone wants to get in contact with me that's the disclaimer up front uh but i'm willing to talk to people in any way we could we could figure out i don't care who you are if you're connected to anything my instagram that i'm using right now that you can get in contact with in contact with me is cancel.usa uh and my email is uh schmuckface with the uh, more Yiddish spelling, which is S-H-M-O-K-F-A-C-E-666 at gmail.com. And people can start a conversation there if they so choose. I got you. I got you on Instagram here. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it. That was a necessary, necessary discussion. So yeah, please I, call back. I appreciate you all uh, a whole heck of a lot. I wish I could gush more, um, but uh, have a, I'll just... Say have a nice rest of your night and uh, keep fighting a good fight. Have a good one. Peace. All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. You want to go to one? Do what? Go to one? How many we got? I mean, Thanks at for some calls. point, we have to stop. There's a last call, right? Yeah, the one that just we jumped in, them. you're done. That's fine. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we one. talking to tonight? Hey, it's uh, Matt from Whole Worker. What's up, Matt? How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on? Uh, what's up? Hello? We're yeah, here. Yeah, I'm uh, Matt. Hello? Yeah, we're, we're here. here. It's you. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I know you guys want to get off soon. I'm just calling in. To, uh, I just want to draw some attention to uh, Whole Foods workers. They're going to be doing a sick out on Tuesday. And oh. Instacart workers are going on strike tomorrow, actually. Yes. Yeah. That's great news. I won't be ordering Instacart. I've never ordered Instacart, but I I will continue that practice tomorrow. And who's doing a sick out? Whole Foods. He's from Whole, Whole Foods Workers. Doing They're a the, sick uh, out. people trying to unionize Whole Foods. Oh, right on, right on. Okay. I won't go to Whole Foods either, but I do have to get groceries tomorrow, which is like ratcheting my anxiety up 
a little bit tonight. But we'll deal with that tomorrow. Yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say. All uh, right, man. All right, Thanks like, for appreciate it. Yeah, it, just spur of the moment shit. Yeah, just wanted to call and say hi. Thanks, we appreciate it. Yeah, and check out the whole workers union. They're they're doing a lot of advocating for people that are working at Whole Foods and dealing with all that horse shit of having the richest man in the world, you know, be your boss. Yeah. The owner of your company. Yeah, that's true. And Instac I mean, yeah, I like Instacart and I have said on this show I do hook people up that deliver. I don't want to go back to the grocery store. Just give Instacart what they want so that they can bring it to me. Yeah. Because I don't want to I don't want to go. Instacart doesn't seem like they're going to work with people. Though. I don't think they will. No, they're just going to find the next desperate person that's willing to deliver groceries. So yeah. I told my wife and she was so disappointed because we were trying to get an Instacart order tonight. And I'm like, they go on strike tomorrow and. She already knows what that. She already knows what that means. You we know? can't like we're do not that. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not going to convince me. You're not going to like rub my back and say let's do one last Instacart. That's something I said to my my daughter last night about grocery shop, and I was like, I don't want to fucking go to the grocery store all the time. I'm fucking sick and tired yeah. of you making me go to the grocery store all the time during a fucking pandemic. Which I, she hasn't really. I haven't gone since Monday, but there is. But there were, like, no snacks in the house, uh, is what she was saying. So shout I'm, out to Lemon Tech in the chat. They're at Whole Foods right now, working. Oh, wow. At, oh, I guess stocking. So, anyway, she's like, hey, um, I, I, I go, like, I don't want to fucking go to the store, man. I, I went on Monday. I don't expect to go back until Monday or Tuesday. And I said, uh... She said, well, other people are going to go anyway. It's not like the store is going to close if you don't go. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking be the reason that somebody's at work. Whether or not I'm the reason they're at work at that particular time on that particular day. Yeah. Is, yes, it's debatable. If I didn't go, everybody would still have to come to work. But if, if like more people didn't go, then less people would have to go to work. And those less people, and, and like, so I want to be considerate of taking my, it's just. You got to teach her sucks. a recipe. Oh, yeah. Good luck, man. Like no bake cookies. It's just like peanut butter and oats. She and can make food. She knows how to make brownies. Stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the thing is my daughter is a sweet hound as well. And all I did, all we do is just make it at home now instead of going and buying like fondant fancies. I want a fondant No fondant fancy. fancies yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, I when you run, we, had o we had oatmeal cream pies and we ate them like every three hours until they were gone. Yeah. I made fucking, I seri I made West Virginia style pepperoni rolls. Ooh, really? Yesterday. And, How'd it turn out? Uh, edible cookie dough. How was the bread? Great. That? It was great. The recipe was so great. You could make it without the pepperoni and you would love it. If you would I would not. There's cheese in it, right? Yeah. I can't do that. Oh, that's right. I would not love that. Well, <laughs> I enjoyed I, them. But I will, I could probably get some vegan mots to put in there. I I thought they were fucking really good. The recipe is so good. It's like takes very few ingredients. It does take a long time. There's three rises. Three rises. I've never yeah. even done that in my life. <laughs> Wait, like yeah. in the oven and afterwards? No, there's a, uh, a an initial rise. Right. There's the initial starting it. Then there's an initial two hour rise. You mix it all and then you let it rise again. And then yeah, you 
you sort of uh, push it all down and like get it off the sides of the bowl and you let it rise again. Okay. And then you make the rolls and then, and then let it rise for a half hour. Then you bake it. Okay. Okay. But they were good. Okay. I I fucking really I'm I'm like really chomping at the bit to get home to eat one of those fucking things. West Virginia too. knows what's up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just that's where I remembered seeing them, so that's how I I searched. Uh so <laughs> I just saw a horrible fucking comment in the chat that stopped me in my tracks. Like somebody <laughs> being mean? No, just I don't know what they're getting on in there. This is our last call of the night. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Let's see what Are you have to say. Fighting? No, it's just, it's very lively. There's a lot of people in there and it's just like a it's just when you hear a part of like a spicy conversation and you you don't know the context. Yeah. Hey, Hello? what's up? Who's this? Uh, this is uh, Maddie from Harrisburg. What's up, Maddie? How are you doing tonight? Hey, I know um, who this is. I'm doing good. Uh, What's how up, are you Maddie? guys doing? Maddie, y'all uh, I'm pretty tired. Yeah. Uh, I took a clonopin about an hour and a half ago, and uh, I'm high, but <laughs> I'm okay. I I'd like to smoke a cigarette and maybe take a piss, but I'm on, I'm on it's a not about me. I re-upped on my acid on the way on halfway through the show, so I'm going to be up to like four or five tonight, yelling at people on yeah. Twitter. Well, maybe we can. Maybe I'll hang out for a little after we're done. Just me and my buddy Brett Payne. <laughs> what's up, Maddie? How, how, what's going on tonight? Uh, well, I uh, uh, wrote a like ten minute long speech on anarchism and recorded it and submitted it within half an hour of it being due. Uh, and then uh, now I'm playing The Sims because I was going to go to bed at a decent time, but fuck it because I'm nobody's just, doing that. I want to play The Sims. Is so there a new Sims out? That. Is there a new Sims? What? Some people just play old uh, games. Sims though. 4. Sims 4. When did that it, come out? Uh, like 2014, I think. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's, it's been out a while. I think they're working on 5 right now, but... Um, so are you like a hipster, you're a hipster or something? You're trying to play back. Sims instead of Animal Crossing because you're trying to play Sims instead of Am Animal Crossing because you're a hipster or something? If I had a Switch, I would be playing Animal Crossing, <laughs> but I don't have a Switch or Switch money, so um, I, Sims all is I great. have is my computer. So. I spent so much time as a teenager playing Sims, and that was like one of those moments where my parents were like, I'll do this shit all day. Why are you playing it on a video game? I was like, well... <laughs> I can get well because you can become a vampire or a sorcerer, and also like, yo, know, there's like, okay, the Sims modding community is fucking insane. Uh, there's like so many different mods that you can get. Like, you can become a serial killer. Like, you could like, and uh, there's mods where you can like shoot people with guns, Whoa. and there's like mods where you can like make the bills higher so it's more realistic. Like, <laughs> it's it's incredible like there's no end to the amount of mods that people put out for this fucking game that's and that's why I, why I love the sims so much like i don't even play it for like the base game anymore i love the mods okay okay i respect yeah. that then there you go that makes more sense to me because i was doing the same thing when i played it the first time around like you would get the na like the naked mod was really funny <laughs> or to uh yeah. or to have all of the like avengers i had like captain america spider-man i had a house full of avengers at one point <laughs> it's good community. I've never yeah. played it. I'm not. I want to play a 
I'm saying this in not a negative way. I want to play a boring game sometime just to see if I can do it. You know? Okay. Because I'm... I like to shoot, I like a lot of fast action. See, you know? but here's the thing about The Sims, though, is that, like, you can totally crush your life in a way that you can't do in real life. <laughs> like, The Sims is great because, yeah, exactly. like, I could, this is the only, The Sims is the only way I could put on a tie every single day and go to work and come home and do chores and, like, have, like, True. A, having, like, a, that kind of a life. It's complete fantasy for me, as much as, like, Bloodborne is. Yeah. 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 I like I've gotten to the point where like I can't really play like a lot of action y games anymore. Like or like I like tried playing Skyrim a couple weeks ago and I played it for ten minutes. I was like, that's enough Skyrim for me. Like I just I I just cannot it can't hold my attention anymore. The Sims is something that's easy. I can just point and click and let it go. Mm-hmm. And uh I can also create a lot of drama because uh, I love I secretly love drama and uh, so I can like have people cheat on each other and like create like all this bullshit. I can break up homes. It's great. So (laughs) yeah, it's, it's terrible, but like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird release for me. Uh, No, I understand it. Oh no. She got dropped. Fuck. I dropped the wrong call. I was trying to drop the, oh man. Well, God damn it. We apologize. We owe you one. She's great. Well, we can move her to the front. I I clicked drop on the person that just called in. I did not click drop on the fucking caller. Yeah, these motherfuckers want us to go till five for five hours. It's one in the morning. It's Street Fight Radio, your bonus extended version. Uh, we're going to wrap up. Sorry to Maddie. I owe you an apology. You can get in next week. Front of the line. We're Street Fight Radio. Find us at streetfightradio.com. Find us on all of the social media shit. Find us, you know, wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, we will be here. We're going to continue with spreading this mess across the U.S. Stay blessed. We'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.